Welcome to Cleveland Moto Podcast, number 370, 70, 70, 70. Um, tonight is a little bit of a tight group. we got a tight group. Some of our members are out. Um, we're hoping that Oscar doesn't have COVID, but if he does, so be it. Um, but he's out right now. To my immediate left is Chris Smith. And to his left. Steve Sleepy. And to his left. John McElfresh. Steve Hoffert. I love the jumping the gun. Like, totally jumping the gun. Don't even wait for it. And then your humble narrator, Phil Waters. Um, we have got a goddamn podcast. So, basically, in case people aren't aware of what happens in Cleveland, we have three false springs. Mm-hmm. We usually get a false spring in February when somebody, like, you know, it's, it might be Valentine's Day or something like that. And it'll be like, my God, it's warmer in Cleveland than it is in Vegas. That's... False spring number one. The snow will melt. Even the big giant black piles will go away. And uh, then we'll catch another two or three legit blizzards. Yeah, so it's second winter. Second winter, right? And then we'll get second false spring, which is usually right around St. Paddy's Day. Yep. People make big plans for what they're going to do on St. Paddy's Day. And then the fucking, the gods of weather come and distribute 21 more inches of snow. Uh, and people are like, but I'm riding my motorcycle anyway. Yeah. And then usually Chris Smith will fall down. <laughs> it happened. It did. I think you got caught by fall spring. February. Yeah, February got yeah. you, right? All right. And it happens. I mean, we've been there. I, I crashed a... Chris Smith falls down. No, I crashed a, a Scarabeo 150 during a second spring one time where I had gone to work in the morning and it was like 52 and sunny. And then when I left work at seven o'clock that night, it was twenty-one and snowing sideways. And I drove drove my road home, great, straight, no problem. Made my left hand turn onto my street, caught the part of snow that wasn't plowed, and just lost my bike in my neighbor's yard hard. Or, or if the snow melts, if you're not not from an area where they use rock salt, it turns into pea gravel, pea gravel that you can't even see in the corners. Mm -hmm. And then if you're riding during that, so or or the black ice, that's how I dropped my R50 in fall spring. In fall spring, (laughs) no, it was a nice day. You know, I went out; it was fine. At the end of the day, it was like you said, twenty degrees. I had I was going to the bank to get some money, and the road was like angled, like going towards the uh, money machine. Yeah. And I just, it just slowly walked out. Like it was like in slow motion. The wheels just slid out from underneath me and I dropped it. And my worst one to this day, this is going back a few years, but we had just got the Piaggio MP3 250s. First, first ones rolled out. We had one at the shop and everyone was like, it's got three wheels, man. It's gotta be good in the snow. (laughs) It's got to be good in the snow. So I had left the shop and I was all geared up. I had everything on safety stuff, you know, safety first. And I went and jumped on the freeway and I was going out past out towards my house. And uh, usually as you go west from Cleveland, it gets a little softer. It gets a little warmed up a little bit. And as I was going on Interstate 90 at about 65 miles per hour, you know, the road is crowned. All roads are crowned in America. Let the water, especially if you live where we do, the roads are crowned pretty heavily. And uh, I'm rocking down there. And what I noticed was, I was like, how come this bike, you know, I'm upright. I got three wheels. How come this bike just doesn't want to stay in the middle or the left part of the lane? It just keeps gently sliding to the right. <laughs> and it was creeping. A, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was creeping. All right. And that's what we said about MP3s. Creepy. <laughs> uh, but 
there was maybe an inch or two of snow on the road and i had figured three wheels and i learned i learned a thing about physics and i learned a thing about tires (laughs) and the the bike had literally left the surface despite my best efforts to fight it and try to get it back to the middle of the road it wasn't happening and i was just going slower and slower and slower trying to get uh, authority trying to get traction back in the middle and at no point did i ever fall over but i had to go all the way to the shoulder where the road becomes flat and when the road became flat then i could stay upright do my thing and that was when i realized that if you have a three-wheeled vehicle that each one of those wheels is cutting fresh traction right so aquaplaning or hydroplaning happens very easily because other motorcycles have a wheel in the front that moves shit out of the way for the back wheel to maintain good traction and that particular thing was what i learned about that um about those three wheelers but also you've lost weight on all the wheels too that's also true your contact patches aren't as uh, authoritative and so I managed to get it back up onto the road surface. Well, plus the tires on those were ne- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not... Baloney skins. They're baloney skins. Yeah, right. From the factory, it came with, you know, tires that were only good on dry pavement kind of thing. And so long story short, I got up to Columbia Road, and I, I was able to negotiate the off-ramp without falling over. I got to the top of the thing. I waited for the red light. And when the light changed green, I had to make the hard right-hand turn the entire back of the bike passed the front of the bike. <laughs> and I could not make the back tire thrust the front vehicle forward. So every time I would give it gas, the back would just try to pass the front. And even going like five miles an hour, having two front wheels that were each cutting through the snow With nothing. was too much resistance for the back wheel, which didn't have any traction to speak of. And it would just keep going past the bike. So I would go about six feet, and then the, the ass end would try to pass the front end. And then I'd slow down, straighten it up again, hit it again, and then the back end would try to front end. And we're talking about a 250cc scooter on about a 600-pound bike yeah. that I never could get the back end to sufficiently pass the front end. Uh, yeah, we're just getting a little left to right. Um, it's kind of weird. I don't. Speakers. I don't know if it's just in the headphones. It's if it's gonna, going through I'm the board, it okay. I'm it's got it. Too. Yeah, no, when you board. touch that, whatever you had touched, it was. Yeah, yeah. You just just do that again until it stops doing that. It probably is just in the headphones. It's just in the headphones. Kind of oh, it is because I'm directing to the board and right. it's fine. That's I would. Right. I would have flaked. You know, I would have been like, ah, John, stop doing what you're doing. And then you would have burped and yeah. farted and then made some. <laughs> Stupid noise. Yeah, probably. But I think you're in that one, so why don't you wiggle that one? No, no, it's all over here. Is yeah, it? we all got right. it. We got it. We got it localized now. Why don't you wiggle that one? Has, has it stopped snap crackle popping? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, well, so it's we're, because we have such a, we have cable management mm. that helps us keep yeah. make sure that we don't have any issues. Mine never did it. Yeah. Fucking exactly. Sound. I think it's your brain that's a little staticky. So I have got something for you guys. Yikes. Um, if anybody would like to look at the screen right now, we've got the, not that one, um, this one. The nightmare? The nightmare? No, it's not a nightmare. It's the night stir. Oh, I so it's the night stir. I can't read that far. So <laughs> Harley Davidson. Mixed um, Quinty. Yeah. So not for nothing. Eventually, and I, I promise you, eventually, Harley Davidson will eventually get into the modern world. Like Harley Davidson will be liquid cooled. Because it has to be if it wants to be EPA certified. And in parts of the world like Euro, Euro parts of the world, oh, yeah. they have Euro 5 standards. And if your bike is not um, if your bike is not meeting those standards, then you're not going to be able to sell that bike in those countries. 
So Harley Davidson, who has carried the torch of being air-cooled, 45-degree V-twin, for all these many, many, many years, has finally said, if we want to sell motorcycles to people, parts of the world where the EPA goddamn matters, then we're going to have to come into the into the into this century. And so they have done the Nightster. And so rather than, and I, I will give them very one very small golf clap. It's not hideous. Because the idea of doing it with the Indian built Street 500 and Street 750 was a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a nightmare. And I had a gentleman this week come into my shop who is currently an MSF instructor. And he became an MSF instructor when I became an MSF instructor way back in year of our Lord, 1992 or whatever, right? Yeah, right. A long time ago. So he's he's been an instructor for a very long time. And in our state in particular, if you meet MSF instructors, there's, you don't do it for the money. It's not the money you're spending to do it is more than you are getting out of the program. And he's a, he's a super, super nice guy, rides a lot of big bikes, everything else. And he was in here and he actually had the Phil Waters experience <laughs> and ended up buying a zero SRS. So Go major care. golf clap for him. Right. But what he said that I thought was great was he goes, you know, he goes, um, I'm an MSF instructor and I will teach at the Harley program, the Eagle Rider, like not Eagle Rider. It's the Harley, you know, MSF program. And he said that there was nothing in his experience of doing, being an MSF instructor for well over 20 years that made his job harder than the Harley Davidson street 500 and street 750. Really? And those street 500s and street 750s had a special, and we saw, saw it at the motorcycle show, that orange cage, yeah. That was built onto the bike so new riders could have the bike fall over without hurting them. Right. Now, that bike's made in India, and it was a, a, a diabolical, ridiculous situation with Harley in India to make that thing happen. But I had never heard this before, and I'm happy to have heard it from an instructor, that that cage, that training cage, was dangerous. Oh, I don't doubt it. In, in the spirit of saving you from falling on the ground. Oh my God, don't fall on the ground. Oh, that would be awful. Don't fall on the ground. That cage would grab your fucking leg and suck it up under the bottom of the motorcycle. And so he had several, you know, more than one uh, person get injured Mm. by that bike, by that configuration. Somebody wants to just reach up and grab that phone for me. Thank you very much. That's good. You know, we wouldn't normally think that people would call the shop after business hours, but it is, but it is totally springtime right now, and yep. yeah, people are going to do that. They have to be open at seven thirty. Well, I mean, come yeah, on, just whatever. That's when I want to call. So there. Yeah. Um, so they they they're calling into the podcast. They're calling. To, yeah, we heard you doing the podcast. <laughs> we drove by and saw the shit. Um, that's happened all day today. Steve Steve's here. So, but this is a thing that. Um, yeah. Well, this is a big thing that. But hanging out. I'm happy to see that Harley Davidson has given up on the idea of trying to sell us a Street 500 or a Street 750, okay? Uh, because this is, I feel like Harley Davidson wasted a lot of time and put a lot of people on a, a bad bike. I don't think, has anybody else other than me ridden the, uh, the Street 
uh, the Street 500 to the Street 750? No. Okay. It was, it's like it was inevitable. Right. So they're to take the pain. They could have taken the pain 15 years ago, right. or they could have taken the pain now. Right. And what would have been better? Everybody would have been used to a water-cooled Harley-Davidson now yep. had they done it 15 years ago. Right. I, you're, you're and plus the brand right. was stronger back then, and yeah. so they would have still had a, a higher, a bigger following, even yep. if they had switched. I agree. Yeah, I totally. I mean, I totally, totally agree. the The biggest thing about you know the failed project, that idea of offering uh, an entry level 500 or 750 cc bike, uh, the idea of offering that to American consumers, but going to India to make it happen mm. was nice out, uh, was really showing that they did not understand the American consumer. And we couldn't get them, when Merritt and I went into the dealership as a, a couple looking to buy some motorcycles and physically told them that we wanted to buy the Street 750, the dealer straight up said no. Like, <laughs> I was like, do you guys have the Street 750? Because you know my wife's interested in getting a cruiser. Um, you know, here we pulled up on a Ducati and a, we pulled up on a Ducati and an SV650 and they're out in the parking lot. You can clearly tell that we ride. Right. Um, she wants to buy a, a street 750. We just like, we'd like to look on one. We just like to sit on one. Touch it. And the guy was like, yeah, um, well, we only use them in the training program and only cause they tell us we have to. <laughs> so there's one over there if you want to sit on it, but we're not going to sell it to you. And that gives you an idea of how enthusiastic Harley-Davidson dealers felt about the Street 500 and Street 750. Was the margin too low to sell it? I think a lot of things, Chris. I really do. I think that, first of all, I think the dealers were forced to take them against their will, which has happened a lot in Harley-Davidson history. Well, Harley-Davidson dealers were forced to take the MT500 uh, Armstrong, the military motorcycle. They didn't want to take it, but Harley-Davidson dealers had to take two of them. This is going in the Wayback Machine, the 500cc single Rotex. Be Buell did not work for a lot of Harley dealers. A lot of Harley dealers in Nebraska and you know Montana, they didn't want a Buell in their showroom. They didn't want a Buell Blast in their showroom. <laughs> I mean, I have to think that if you were a Harley Davidson dealership and you've been around for more than 10 or 15 years, right. that you've built strong brand loyalty yeah. on the fact that it's an American-made bike. Hell yes. And not, you don't care that Harley Davidson corporate decided they wanted to make some bikes. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're going to steer the dog from the rear you can make them, you can send them to me, but I ain't going to sell them because I don't want that to succeed. And everything you've said is completely accurate. And you can take the word uh, Street 500 and Street 750 out or take the word Buell out and put the word Livewire in Yeah, because it's the exact same story. And I've heard it from many of my people that I know that are in Motorcycle Industry Council with me that we talk about what it's like to be a dealer. And it's a big goddamn deal. It's a big issue. The other day, I was, uh, you know, going through the whole Craigslist and marketplace and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's already, I found two live wires, used live wires yeah. for sale already. Yeah. Like somebody dumped 26 grand a year ago and now they're already for sale. No. How much were they asking for them? 30. 19. Grand. 30. 30. 30 grand. grand? Okay. Plus destination. Right. Plus assembly. Plus, okay. So, saw it for 19. Those right. are going to be museum pieces. It might actually be, you know, worth yeah. buying. I mean, like, <laughs> buy it, take the battery out, put it in a refrigerator so it stays okay. <laughs> <laughs> like dad used to do. So, I guess where, where are you going to put the port bucket? It's already in the refrigerator. Uh, that's true. In my tummy. Yeah. And I guess 
get in my belly. Or the, or the landfill Dury eats. So I do, you guys know that we do, here at the shop, I, I will, I'm going to preface this by saying I own a Road King. I mean, I own, I own a Road King Police Edition. Not a 40-year-old one. I own a, a modern era, 2014. I own a Springer. It's parked right there. I have a Harley-Davidson MT500 prototype. So I have three Harley-Davidsons in my world that I, that I live with, and I enjoy riding them a lot. As much as I will say, wow, the Street 500 was a disaster. It was an abject disaster. And the Street 750 right there with it. The Buell Blast. Even Eric Buell hated it so much that when he was allowed to, he crushed them and said, here's your 2002 Buell Blast. He literally crushed it. And they advertised it as, in Cycle World, as like, you can buy it, but it comes pre-crushed, right? <laughs> and it was a funny, I, I loved that campaign about it um, because it showed how offended Buell was, Eric was, about building that uh, because they <laughs> wanted nothing. That's sad because I was going to cite that as, a, as an example of a success. Like, why didn't they build a new blast? But apparently... Right. So the Buell blast was such a pain in the ass for Eric. You know, that was a Kimco produced the carburetor and, and many parts of the motor that nobody will ever admit to. I think we're just Kimco. They said that it was one half of a Sportster motor. That's absolutely not true. Uh, that 500cc air-cooled single, you guys are seeing what I'm seeing, right? Yeah. So that is, <clears throat> that is the Buell Blast. And when you talk about, and I'm going to pull it up for the podcast listeners to watch it or look at it. Is that, that the blue one? Yes, yeah, the blue one. <laughs> right. How'd you guess? Eric Buell announces the 2010 Buell Blast, a crushed cube of metal. So way back in July of 29... Uh, 2009, when people are saying, what's the 2010 Buell Blast going to look like? Eric Buell said, this, it's what's, this is what it's going to look at. I would have never like. guessed they sold up till 2009. Me I too, right? Like, yeah. Really? Yeah, and that's crazy. It was never a great bike. We can tell you here at the shop, I can tell you here, being a mechanic that works on bikes, that these things come in and they are not great motorcycles. Now, they came in a, a low version that was, the seat height was like a knee-high to a grasshopper. It was a very low seat height. And it was a great entry-level bike, standard bike, but I'm going to tell you the overall fun or the overall experience of the bike did not live up to the Buell name. And that's it. Eric Buell, the man whose name is on the side of the machine, says, here's your 2010 Buell Blast, and it's a crushed cube of metal <laughs> what if you um, took a buell blast took that motor out yeah and just put an 883 in it so the same so basic tiny the, you would be surprised at how tiny so a blast what is. you've done yeah is you just made a buell sp uh, thunderbolt so because the v-twin 883 motor well it's the foundation for what everything buell had done right my m2 cyclone from buell was the smallest or, or the least motorcycle I've ever owned. It was a motor. It was just enough frame to hold the motor and a seat, an abbreviated gas tank, front fork, rear swinger. That was it. There was not much to an M2 Cyclone beyond that beautiful Sportster motor. Yeah. 
And I loved it and it was great and I really enjoyed owning it. It was bare bones, dead fucking simple motorcycle. That was a fire breathing 1200 cc. And it was an extraordinarily good bike. Yeah. Now, it, as we know about the, the 883 versus 1200 cc platform, it's the same motor. Yeah. It's the same bottom end. So you can make a 1200 into an 883 and you can make an 883 into a 1200. It's yeah. just what goes in the top. So you that's know? even perfect for the beginner rider. You start yep. out on an 883. Wow, Chris. <laughs> Did we already say this? Am I no, 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 no. Before the podcast started. When we started. were pre-gaming today, before the podcast started, we were literally joking about like how devious. I used to work at a Harley-Davidson dealership and how devious our training was. Yeah. That we were trained in a method. And the way that we were trained was Harley-Davidson to its dealers has all of these uh, quotas, all these numbers you have to make. And so you have to sell a certain number of 883s and you have to sell a certain number of this, that, and the other thing, whatever Harley Davidson wants you to sell. And it's no different if you're a Vespa dealer or, you know, a Moto Guzzi dealer or an Aprilia dealer or a Ducati dealer or a Triumph dealer. Cleveland Motor Works dealer. Whatever. <laughs> what? not, not that. But, but it is hilarious that... Got to sell one a year. Sell, yeah. But they, they're telling you what you need to sell. And so as a dealer, as a salesperson who wants to continue being paid, your manager wants to continue getting bonuses because without the bonus, the margin is very, very weak. So you have to meet your goals, your bonus numbers. And I was taught a method. I was taught a technique to get a customer in that had never ridden a motorcycle before in his life. Now, Chris, your friend bought his first motorcycle. At age 68. <clears throat> Triumph. Motorcycle number one. Uno. Yeah. And did he get a, a speed twin? Yeah, I think that's what he got. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's probably, I'm going to look it up real quick just for fun. Uh, that's, um, Triumph has had a long, uh, a long history of offering certain motorcycles that are kind of like, hey, look, it's uh, specially designed for the American market. And they used to call them the Triumph America. So it would be like the Triumph America. And it would be our 865cc motor, you know, our, our, our kind of our weakest motor. And it would be in a frame that was essentially the equivalent of a swayback horse. Yeah, Dan has one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Fletch had one. And the Triumph dealers, these things came onto the floor. You know, they showed up in the truck and Triumph dealers went, okay, now we got to sell this thing. And it's, uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of Triumph's version of a sportster and triumph's version of a sportster is all about all about what's that no we're cool yeah sure we're yeah, it's fine it's fine it's fine you know what you know every time it's it, cool. every time it drops i'll give it a little flick and it'll cool. pop back up again oh yeah it'll be it's good cool. that's what so i do too here's the yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so with these bikes that are kind of tuned for the mid-range you know uh great new styling package whatever sometimes they can be really hard to sell because people come in and they want to try a Bonneville. And then you got this thing sitting over here that looks like a Bonneville with two flat tires, right? <laughs> and they'll put a special two-tone paint job on or something like that. And so when they do these particular bikes, when they build a bike that is kind of an entry-level bike or something like that, they may decide that they're going to do something to make it affordable or they're going to do something to make it more desirable. Well, Harley-Davidson does that. It's called the 883 Sportster Iron. We call it an iron around here. We just have fun with it. 
but Triumph does their version of it too. And your 60, how many year old friend? I, Ron Hubbard. Eight. 68 year old friend just got told that his best motorcycle, his best entry level motorcycle is a 900cc motorcycle. Now raise your hand if you think a 60 year old man needs to start his motorcycle career in a 900cc motorcycle. Way to go, right? Because you don't want him to see 70, right? Get him out of the system as soon as we can. But a 900-pound motorcycle is going to be a lot harder to handle than a TU-250, right? Or a GZ-250, or any number of 200 or 300 or 400 cc motorcycles. Or even a Savage. Exactly. Even a Savage, right? A savage right. would have a ton of torque. Yep. And it's a, or a Sim. Uh, right. Or a right. Sim. There's a whole lot of motorcycles I can think of that are better than a 900 cc parallel twin Triumph. But when you go to the Triumph dealer... You're throwing 900 cc's around like it's some kind of weapon or something. Well, it's, a, <laughs> it's a 900 cc detuned, right. you know, no, that's tractor from, motor. Right. It's not. There's no fire breathing through an 883. Right. Exactly. So it's right. and it is low and it is easy to foot. I I wouldn't say that an 883 is not not good for a, a new rider. I would defend that the, an 883. Except for the fact that it's 480 pounds dry with no battery, no oil, and no gas. I don't know what this the stature. Or what, it depends on what the stature of your sixty-eight-year-old <laughs> right, friend is. Exactly, but I just you know Renee. Okay. He's a little bit lighter than Renee. Yeah, he is. Okay, no, he's well, he's then, a tiny guy. I mean, we've met this guy. He's not a big dude. He's a very well, he very should be on a Benelli or something. Well, like and this idea is small. look, which I told him. He says, "Well, where would you ever ride something right. that small?" And when you go into a hammer showroom, everything looks like a nail, right? So if you go into Harley Davidson, ask a surgeon, he's going to say operate. Exactly. Nutritionist, he's going to say eat better. And so, yeah, and I totally agree that you know going in and getting. If you ask Cinch, he's going to just make fucking noise. (laughs) (laughs) If you ask Holford, he's going to say don't shit. So our plan, our our training was, and this is a few years ago, but our training was when somebody comes in and says they've never ridden a motorcycle before, put them on a Rocket Three, a Sportster. (laughs) 883, and if they're short, put them on a super low. Listen to this. Though, right? this, this is good. So this is a technique that we had. <clears throat> super low is like a, what? A, one in, one and a half. Yeah, Harley Hugger. Uh, back in the day, we called them Harley Huggers. 883 Harley Hugger. And Cycle World Magazine at the time was running a, an ad that said, like, for $5,999, you could get an 883 Hugger. They just dropped the suspension. Yeah, they basically take the suspension away. I don't know if they had blocks in the rear. I know there were shortening blocks, so you could get for, like it just shortened it. Shortened it up. Well, the Hugger just had different shocks on it. But you could probably oh, so it actually yeah. had shorter shocks. Yep, had shorter shocks. Well, <laughs> yeah. you could put a new set of shocks. Oh, absolutely. You could make it tall. Again. Oh, I could take a Harley Hugger and make it into a regular Sportster, just like that. You know, uh, but that that idea and the way that we were trained at the dealership was to take a customer that comes in, first time rider, right? And take the customer that comes in and put all of your energy into saying these three words. Safe. This is only for new riders, first-time riders. Safe. Lightweight. Capable. (laughs) I don't want to put you on a Rebel 250 because how are you going to hang in the... How are you going to ride on the highway? I don't want to put you on a... a Suzuki Savage, uh, an S40, because all your friends have Harleys. Mm. And it's safe. It's light. It's a sportster. It's been around since the 50s. You're going to have a great experience. And there's Harley-Davidson dealers on every corner. So you can get support for this vehicle. 
And this thing, and, and this is where it gets evil, because when we take a customer through that and we get them in and we, we get them to buy their XL883 hugger, then the trick is once we take them through the finance department and we get them all done, now they're happy. They're Harley Davidson owners. We may even hand them a free t-shirt or do-rag, okay? Dog bowl. <laughs> right. But now comes the best part of the sale. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you do know that due to EPA rules, these bikes are pretty detuned from the factory. <laughs> now, when you bring this bike in for its 600-mile service, for its first service, which I'm going to show you up on the wall is $379. When you bring it in for your first service, how about if we do this? Rather than just changing our oil and filter, why don't we turn your 883 into a 1200? Look, you're already going to be spending nearly 400 bucks to have the oil changed. Let's give you the oil change for free. And I want you to sign up for the program right now. Let's put that, let's turn that bike into a 1200. It's still going to be a hugger. It's still going to be down low to the ground like you like it. Let's bump up those cylinders to 1200 cc's. By then, you're out of break-in period. Nobody cares. EPA, EPA. Let's get a real carburetor on there. Let's get them up to 1,200 cc's, and let's sell you a bike that can now keep up with your friends and won't be polluted, like won't be corrupted by all that EPA shit. Mm. And you know what? It'll really be it'll be nice to ride <laughs> because honestly, an 883 out of the factory with all the EPA shit on it. Look, man, the government's trying to hold you back. <laughs> so let's the have you do this. Government. Let's have you prepay for that right now. Right. And you're going to get a special deal because, one, you're already paying for it now. You're going to get the oil change part of the service for free. Right. It's going to save you 400 bucks. Totally. It's like getting a motor upgrade for $800. So are you saying that I can roll my big bore upgrade into the initial purchase price? Thank you, John. I'm glad you brought that up. For just $3 a month, hmm. I can change That's your 883 nothing. into a 1200 and if you go over and look at those 1200s, you'll see that they're a lot more expensive than that. It's kind of foolish not to do it. I think at one point I heard on the radio, they, they would upgrade your 883 to a 1200 for like 800 bucks. That's, that was the program. It so was super cheap. That was literally the program. By saving them the cost of doing their first service, because they would have to change the oil anyway when they did the top end. So this was the scam. The scam was to roll you into a 1200 for 800 bucks. Now, that doesn't pay for your exhausts. That doesn't pay for any of the Screaming Eagle shit that you're going to want anyway. But what it does do is it helps me get, as a salesperson for Harley-Davidson, get to my target number of accessory sales per customer. Because we are told how many dollars worth of accessories we are to sell each and every customer. And we have to enter that into our point-of-sale computer so that we are can prove that as salespeople, we're pulling our weight so at the end of the game was it more advantageous for you to sell an 883 that would later be upgraded to a 1200 no. or just sell them a 1200 no it's it, it was about we had to sell a certain number of 883s that's the only way you went through that and that's the only way we would get our bonus so when when the general manager comes down and says look we need to sell 27 883s this week sell 883s so I'm not that versed in Harley. So like when you buy a 1200, is it still just a single disc up front or is it double disc? Like, is there any breaking no, differences? No, it's between exactly the same. same bike? Okay. And it has been for ages. Right. So that was the idea. But the, we're talking, really what we're going back to is we're talking about how motorcycle companies have generally had their bottom end product was pretty fucking horrible. 
And then it was just a way to get people in the door. And that's where I wanted to bring up this new Harley Davidson, the Harley Davidson Nightster. Now, again, not loving the name, but what the fuck? Uh, it's not a bad idea because you have, you know, obviously you've got fuel injection. They've given up on the 45 degree V twin. It's a 60 degree. It looks like one. a Pan America motor shrunk down a little bit. Well, there you go. So it is literally this Pan America. It's a 975. And we've been talking about this for a while. It's 88 horsepower. It's 7,500 RPM. Now, nobody's going to have this motor at 7,500 RPM. This is not the kind of motor people are going to be like, <laughs> anybody know where 7,500 RPM is? It's up here. Yeah. It's not down here. Go ahead, John. I would. <laughs> I know you would. Yeah, exactly. Shift at the red line, motherfucker. Right. And that's a big so deal. So would Hoff. Yeah. <laughs> it makes its what? best. And what? I'm in neutral. In, <laughs> in an uncharacteristically Harley way, it makes its best torque. Most Harleys make their best torque at like 33,000 RPM, 3,200 RPM. This makes its best torque, 70 pounds-feet of torque, at 5,000 RPM, which makes it more fun to ride. So the bike rewards you for shifting at 5,000 or 6,000, right? So it's going to be a little more fun. Uh, and I like here's... The, I like the octopus dick looking fucking exhaust. <laughs> it looks like a fucking... <laughs> the... It's a little different. But here's what I... This is the kind of thing that I do definitely want to bring up. This is important. It is not a baby Pan America. It kind of, eh, it kind of has some Pan America traits, but the Pan America has valve timing, variable valve timing mm -hmm. on both the intake and the exhaust valves. This one only does it on the intake, so it's kind of it's a little cheaped out a tiny bit, right? It, it's it, it, there's a little bit about it that's a little cheaped out, but. What I am happy to say is it is no longer the 883-based Sportster or 1200-based Sportster, which is fine and it's great, and we talked about how fun it is in the Buell, but in today's modern world where you got to sell this thing within EPA standards and it's got to be fuel-injected and it's got to put out power, they've done all that. Yay, I'm happy that they have managed to do that. Um, it's great, you know. Uh, it doesn't have... The, the Pan America has the awesome dual spark heads, which is fucking trick as shit. This doesn't. This is a single spark head. So it's not as fancy. What's it is definitely. And that's the thing. So I have, I mean, I mean we, I'm sure we can hunt it down. But I'm sold. I want one. Yeah. How much is it going to cost me? Let's find out. So uh, wait, is that the Scrambler version you just found? They'd have to make a Scrambler, of course. Look at that. They have, it's crossbar. It's, well, again. So hey, Steve, what makes a Scrambler? Crossbar and Apparently, high pipes. Crossbars and high pipe. So I don't know if we'd call that a high pipe. It's more of a medium pipe. Mid pipe. Mid pipe. Right. Mid pipe. Mid pipe. So that's yeah, that's more of a mid pipe. But uh, the I'm going to do if I can see if I can find a, an MSRP for us. Uh, yeah. We'll I mean, we'll get one for you. We'll figure it. We'll figure that shit out real quick. The uh, oh damn it! It's really it is actually kind of hard to find an MSRP for that thing. Yeah, they they they're not they're not pushing it out there so good. Uh, I do not think that it's. Maybe it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. No. I I I thought I I thought I vaguely I vaguely remember seeing an MSRP for the Nightster yet. So, but anyway. Uh, Oh, wait, go down, go down. I thought it said $13.99, about five things. It might down. be. Yeah, I think you're right. 
I'm just going to use 2022 because I'm pretty sure that's 13499. There you go. So 13499. And that's where it's going to bite you in the dick because sportsters historically speaking pretty fucking cheap. Yep. So that's that's a pretty yeah, and that. they don't hold value as much as people think Harleys do. No, they don't. You can get Sportsters yeah. for three thousand bucks all day long on Marketplace for well, really? really right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. What seriously? Uh, we. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, the the. Let's see what the sport the MSRP for the Sportster Iron ninety seven forty nine so under ten grand that's a that's and an Iron twelve hundred is ten two forty nine holy shit boy for five hundred dollars you can go from an eight eighty three to a twelve hundred for five hundred bucks for five hundred dollars wow. you can let Harley Davidson install the kit if I were the person that was going to buy an Iron Sportster. Last year, there is no way that I would buy an 883. I would only buy a 1200 because for 500 bucks, that is definitely going to pay for itself in the uh, used market. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. So, yeah. So now that he's asleep, we can I will go say, ahead. I will yeah. say sometimes your voice can be soothing. I know it is. Yeah, I know. I, I was putting a little extra NPR on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, let, so tell me, Phil. So, <laughs> so today... Um, so for people that people that aren't aware, um, Sleepy's been working at the shop for the past couple of days, volunteering in case anybody uh, looks into it. Yeah, yeah, in case anybody from the department. Of yeah, taxes. corporate C is dead apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, corporation. Oh wait, here we go. Agent Sleepy, ready? Okay, there you go. All right, that's uh, that's podcast art uh, for people who are listening, not watching. Um, our our. Grumpiest panel, member, our panel, sleepy our, sore guy. Our, <laughs> our grumpiest member has uh, has decided he wants to take a nap. So, <laughs> um, get out the permanent marker. The point is, nobody's put a dick in his mouth yet. Well, so, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, you want a sharpie? Yeah. Um, no, I was over here. All right. Yeah. Anywho, so yeah, there you go. Sharpie. Sharpie. Sharpay. There's like more better ones in there too. More this is, better. This is a really, this is a much better this Sharpie. One's a, this one's yeah. more better. That's a more better Sharpie. So this morning, I, I kind of, my day got weird pretty early. Before we had even opened, a gentleman that had a 1 p.m. appointment who drove here from like Indianapolis wow. to have a 1 p.m. appointment to look at a Piaggio <clears throat> got here at 1045 or 1030 whatever and uh oh wow that's a big veiny motherfucker <laughs> yeah that is a big veiny motherfucker that's that might be actual size so uh as we are now dicking oh get your camera out boys my goodness yikes yeah, John, John, you're you're on the you're on the clock for that one right now because I don't think I can I don't think I can get that in <laughs> yeah, I, my camera is really not. Oh, well, we got our thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Wait, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing out here. <laughs> oh my god. So if you're just listening and not watching, there might be a giant penis on Hoff. Oh my god. I'm gonna put it. Uh, I'm gonna put it square so I can put it on my socials. <laughs> 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 
there we go. We're back. We're back. We're back, and we're better than ever. Never fall asleep. Okay. Yeah. So Sleepy's been kind of helping out here at the shop. Yeah. Prepping bikes and doing whatnot. And uh, so this morning, dude shows up, and dude shows up, and uh, the guy has the guy has a uh, all the personal, physical energy and presence of a uh, anesthetized sloth. Yeah, basically. And this guy came in, and we're like, and he was here before we'd opened. Yeah. So he, Sleepy's rolling bikes out and, you know, getting stuff ready to test ride. And I heard him out in the, pol- in the parking lot apologizing you for being early. Yeah. Now, I had just heard him apologize to James. No, he's uh, the kind of guy that, like, when, when you answered him, right. he just came back with what he just said 13 more times. And, like, this man probably starts every sentence for the past 59 years with, I'm sorry. Yeah. But. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I heard him apologizing to James profusely. But meanwhile, all he's doing is he's hostage taking James. Yeah. He could just say, I got a one o'clock. What time do you open? I see the sign on the door says you open at 11. Mm -hmm. I'm here two hours early. Can you sneak me in? And you could completely like. You can 100% do that, and nobody would be mad at you, because right. that's fine. You drove all the way from fucking Indianapolis, rock right, on. Right, right, So, But he didn't. He had to give a, a bit of a short life story to James, mm-hmm. and then James was trying to get the bikes pushed out, and then so James broke away from him, because James is polite, and then you went out, yep. and I heard him do the exact same thing to you. Yeah, and I told him the same thing, James, I'm like, dude, of course. Like, he's in there, and as soon as he's ready, it's no problem, but right. just give him a second. Let us get the lights turned on. Wait for the cuckoo to come out of the clock. Also, right, exactly. And so don't go in the clock to get the cuckoo, right? And so I heard him giving you the same story he gave James, and I was like, wow, this is going to be great. (laughs) And so then when 11 o'clock rolled up, and I opened the doors, and he came in, and most of the time, if somebody drives, I don't know, five fucking hours to come to my shop, they have like a sense of drive and purpose. And a mission. And a mission, because they've had five hours to think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. This guy got in. I was like, hey, man, so how you doing? Drove all the way from Indy. Thank you very much. It's no problem. You have a one o'clock appointment. You're here two hours early. My next, my appointment doesn't, my next appointment doesn't start until 1130. So I got a half an hour I can give you right now. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, so what are you interested in? Well, you know. Um, and it went that way for the next 45 minutes. Or longer. Yep. That was and, crazy. And it was like pulling fucking teeth and if you've been around me for nine seconds you'll know that when i'm on i'm on let's go let's fucking go and i always tell people i'm like hey man sharpen your sword and let's get to the point right and he didn't want to do it and so after he spent no shit over an hour with me managing to successfully not ask me any questions about the bike right just standing at it and looking at it from different angles going huh well uh, huh, huh. Then he told me, well, my wife and I normally go and have dinner and we'll think about, we'll have a discussion about the thing we're about to buy. She's not here. <laughs> so, well, I was like, well, you want to give me a deposit? I can get the bike on order for you or whatever. Well, you know, oh, okay. I said, well, we're not high pressure, so don't wait for me to demand the sale. Right. Just step up or step out, Right. Well, and, he, and he also, how many bikes did he look at? He was looking at a Zuma and a Vespa and a other Vespa. Well, I had Liberty. found out that he had spent a considerable amount of time at the Yamaha dealer. 
and he was very upset that the Yamaha dealer did not know anything about the Yamazuma. And I happened to have a 2022 brand new Yamaha Azuma here in my shop. At a great price, too. And I was like, okay, well, here's what I can do. I can sell you this Yamaha Azuma with less than 1,000 miles in brand new condition. Let me roll it over right next to the bike so you can have the, the one thing nobody can give you anywhere, which is literally a head-to-head comparison of two particular bikes that are different and similar in price. Right. And I, he's like, no, no, you don't have to do that. I was like... Oh no, I insist. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, I insist. Because we got to get this rig rolling, motherfucker. Yeah. And James and Renee are both looking at me and they're like, wow, this is the wrong customer to be the first customer of Phil's day. <laughs> and to have gotten here early. And also to be completely screwing up our appointment schedule for the day. So meanwhile, somebody comes in who needs quite a bit of attention with you know, a $9,000 bike. Mm-hmm. And so James jumps in for me on that one. So James jumps in, you know, he's a customer who bought his bike, but he, today he's pickup day. Today's his, I get my bike day today. So when people get their bike, they have questions. They've had a month to think about this shit. They have got a list of questions and they're invested in the situation to the tune of like nine fucking thousand dollars. Yeah, he was excited. And he was excited. More yeah. than Indianapolis has invested at this point. Exactly. Right. And yet, and so what the, the, the funny thing about it is, it all comes down and I eventually was like, shit, I just got to shut this shit off. So I was like, okay, man, that's great. I said, I got another appointment coming in. So I walked him to the door, handed him my card. And I said, call me when you're ready to pull the trigger. Oh, well, I'll probably be calling you pretty soon. <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks very much. Have a nice so, drive home. So off he fucked. Right? Colin Robinson and, left the building. Right. And that's exactly right. I was like, the dude's an energy vampire. Yeah. And Renee and James are looking at me, and I just kept getting shorter, and I kept getting shorter, and I kept getting shorter, and my shoulders started dropping. I was like, motherfuckers taking everything out of me. And Steve's like, I looked at him. His eyes were glowing. They were glowing. He's like, that he son was of a bitch was sucking your soul out through your eye sockets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it killed me. And it, I didn't even have my... <laughs> I didn't even have my fucking coffee yet. Oh, hey, look at that. <laughs> so, hi, hi, Steve. Dude, the dude disappeared for a little bit. He disappeared for a couple hours. Yep. And he came back on time for his one o'clock appointment. He did. Oh, my God. But by that point, I'd already decided to have other people come in. Yep. And so he came back in and he was like, so he came back in and he's all like, I told James, I was like, I cannot greet him at the door. I cannot do it. And James is like, don't worry, I got this. So James goes to the door and opens up the door and gives this guy the biggest fucking, hey, how you doing? So what are you going to do? What are you going to buy? And James hit him at like warp factor 12. And when, oh, you're going to do a sleepy? Steve, Steve says he needs a little orange power. Yeah. Some orange Give him power some Trump power. seeds. We'll get him yeah. Going. That'll get him going. <laughs> so... The, James got him at the door, and you could tell that James had shocked this guy, like yeah. straight up. <laughs> like this guy was shocked. And so James walked him in and everything else. And so then I hit him, and I hit him with, okay, man, wow. I said, so you didn't go home. I said, well, just like you said, you go and have lunch with your wife or dinner with your wife, you talk about it. I'm like, so what's the deal? What color do you want? Yeah. Uh-oh. He has three options white, gray, and black. White gray and black Mm. and i said what color do you want and he goes oh uh, 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 i don't know i would be like motherfucker you've had two hours to think about it if you hadn't (laughs) thought about it on the whole drive out 
because not only did he email me and talk to Renee last night about like, do we have this bike, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't slow play me, motherfucker. And like, he called late, right? That was like yeah. the last thing he called, talked to. Close the business. Yeah, 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 close the business. But the point is, I think what might have been happening is I think we might have been seeing the world's biggest passive aggressive, no, passive passive right. buying technique to be like, well, if I just wait around long enough, a discount <laughs> will show up. And I was like, I'm not going to give you a discount just to get you out of my fucking store. Right. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, I thought thinking. that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so what's it going to be? White? Gray or black, and I, and we told them we're like we have like four people in line for the gray ones, so it could be a so minute. So skip the gray one. You can't have that. Okay. And he was like, he said black five times. Yeah. But the final decision he made was he wanted a gray one. Right. And he left the store, and I was like, my God, holy shit, oh my God, I need coffee, I need <laughs> cocaine, I need everything. He bought the bike. He gave us a deposit. Yay! Great. Cool. Um, I only lost a year and a half of my life. <laughs> we this, could have built the bike in the time you spent. Uh, exactly. It was the scene from Princess Bride. This machine has removed a year of your life. Now tell me how you feel. Be honest. This is for prosperity. Do you want more posterity? posterity. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. And then so. And then. Uh, so yeah. the dude man left. And then the other guy ended up having a dead car. And he ended up getting stuck in our driveway. Thank you very much. I'm going to close out the pepperoni. Would you like this last one? No, I'm going to okay. cut some more. Oh, you are? Oh, there's more. Nice. So, dude man, we have one old man um, that brought the wrong truck, and we had to figure out a way to get the bike in the back of the truck with the wrong truck. That happens here every day. So we have to be like masters of the ramp, masters of the tie-down strap, et cetera. That happens all the time. That's not even a big, th- big thing for us anymore. But the dude walked in wearing different guy. Different guy walked in head to toe in Amsoil. He had the Amsoil NASCAR jacket. He had the Amsoil baseball cap. Yep. The dude looked like a fucking Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman. <laughs> he had like the gold rings, the diamond rings, and everything else. Today? Oh, yeah. Today. Today. His name Jim? I don't fucking know what his name is. But but uh, he definitely these Amsoil guys all run in the same circle. Just but so but you know. the best part though, I was just in the back here watching, and like the one old guy walked in, the Amsoil guy, and the other old guy, his ears popped up, and he sniffed out another old man that was an Amsoil fan. And how long before they were just like hanging out? First thing the guy Licking says, each other's first thing the guy <laughs> comes in, the guy goes, "You got any oil filters from Motoguzzi V7?" And all I can see is this Amsoil. Like he looks like an Amsoil NASCAR. <laughs> Right, he looks like an upright walking NASCAR transformer. Hmm. Right, he's a NASCAR transforming robot, except for the fact he's a sixty-four-year-old Amsoil man. I like to pay twice as much for my oil. So, dude comes in, he goes, "You got any oil filters for V7?" I'm like, "Yeah, we probably hook you up. Let me see what we got." I'm not sure. We haven't gotten any Gucci parts in a while, so I'm not making any promises. We'll take a look. Renee goes and finds him his stuff he needs. That's cool. He goes. You guys an Amsoil dealer? No. You know we're not an Amsoil dealer. You came in here waving your goddamn Amsoil flavored <laughs> dick around my shop, wearing Amsoil flare from head to fucking toe. You know I'm not a fucking Amsoil dealer. You know why you know that? Because you haven't hung out here and drank all my coffee for the past 15 fucking years. You're not a god. I'm not a goddamn Amsoil dealer because you're fucking Mary Kay smelling ass would know I was an Amsoil dealer because that's all you fucking do. It's mid-level marketing. That's all it is. Look it up. They're proud of it. It's fine. You like Amsoil? No. You use Amsoil? No. 
why don't you like Amsoil? Because you sell it. <laughs> Ask him. I said it. Yeah. I said, because you. He goes, what do you mean? I'm just like, Amsoil salesman. I don't need a salesman to sell me oil. <laughs> Oil's not new technology. I call my Parts Unlimited guy. I say, I need 55 gallons of Bel Ray. I need a barrel of Bel Ray, and a barrel of Bel Ray shows up. I don't have to suck his dick. We don't have to talk about old motorcycles. <laughs> Nothing. I place, I literally make a phone call or click a thing on the internet and barrels of oil show up and they don't, none of it okay. involves an old white man with stories to tell. Not he even was, for a second. He was so deflated. Was like, and, and he was heartbroken. Yeah. And he goes, you guys sell synthetic oil? <laughs> Has anybody answered no to that question in 35 fucking years? This is some bullshit training they give Amsoil reps as an entry question. Yeah. I already told you I don't like Amsoil and I don't like people who sell Amsoil right. because of that whole thing. Look, if I want to make myself look pretty, I don't need Mary Kay and all of her friends coming to my house to help me do it so she can get a pink Cadillac. I'm not an Amway consumer. Right. I don't buy my vitamin D from an Amway salesman. No. And I don't buy my vacuum cleaners on a... $29 a month Kirby payment plump. Program. I could throw my neighbor out for selling me Amway. I'm like, get right. the fuck out of and my I've house. Been polite. I yeah. listen to you. Right. Now please leave. It's an inverted funnel. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's an inverted funnel. <laughs> but here's the thing. He goes, goes right in your asshole. And he hits me with this thing. He's like, well, if you sell synthetic oil, you know who invented synthetic oil? This was good. And I looked at him and I said, I know who invented synthetic oil. Do you? Oh, yeah. I said, well, I want you to tell me who you think invented synthetic oil first. Because I wrote a paper on it. I know. He goes, well, I wrote a paper on it, too. And I was like, great. And now the other guy, the other guy with a broken down truck with a brand new $9,000 bike in the back of it, right. he's, he's, he's in. He's hooked in. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, Amsoil invented synthetic oil. I said, no, they didn't. <laughs> he did, dude. Did and he you goes, buy that shirt when we were there. He did. Yeah. Oh. And he goes, well, who invented synthetic oil? And I said, the Germans. The Germans, because they didn't <laughs> have a supply Germans. of it. Exactly. I said, the Germans invented synthetic oil and synthetic gasoline in World War II because we had embargoed everybody that provided natural, like petroleum products, to them. So the Germans invented it. Start and actually, technically, the Italians, AGIP, invented it. If you want to go back really far, 1939. It, so, oh, by the way, it ain't Amsoil. All Amsoil did was put German technology in a fucking bottle mm -hmm. in 1972. But here's a fun thing he goes, Well, you know, and I said, I'll bet you think that Henry Ford invented the car. <laughs> and he goes, He did. <laughs> and I went, Motherfucker. And I looked at him, and I was like, seriously? And I said, who's the Germans? Oh, yeah. And I go, I go, wait a second, man. And I'm like, you know who invented the car? The Germans. <laughs> and he goes, huh? And I said, I'll bet you think that, I thought you think America invented a space program. Rockets. I bet mm -hmm. you think that came from Americans, too. And he goes, and I go, the Germans. <laughs> and I was like, so don't come in here telling me that Amsoil invented synthetic oils, synthetic lubricants. Condoms? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna clue you to something. Ovens. 
But like, this is the thing. And I mean, this is the Amsoil salesman rap. And I was so sick of it. And I already told him I wasn't interested. So here's what I know. First thing first, (laughs) there's at least one woman in the world who told him no. And he didn't take that. He was not good enough with that. Yeah. So fuck you. I told you no. No means no. If I tell you no, don't try to convince me. That was part of the training though. If they at first they say no, you just keep trying. No, just means yes. Yep. And you know what? Fuck you. And so again, didn't make any friends with him. But the old guy, the other guy, but but, understand that he's wanting to say. But instantly, instantly, the other guy who is equally old Mm -hmm. and equally white goes, "Hold on, wait a second. So I've got a gallon. Yep, brand new. I got a gallon of Amsoil at my house, twenty W fifty." Can I trade that for a gallon of 5W20? Because I just bought a new vest. Because I just bought a new bike and I need 5W20. And that Amsoil guy was like, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Anything to get me in yeah. your house. Yeah. If I can empty your freezer, I'll sell you $100 worth of steaks. <laughs> if, you, if I prove to you I can fit $1,000 worth of steaks in your freezer, will you buy them? Fuck that, dude. Fuck that. And that other guy bit in hook, line, and sinker. I did. So you know what? We made a love connection. Yeah. But the problem is they were sniffing each other's assholes in my shop <laughs> and getting in the way of real business. So I really couldn't figure out what to do with it, but I didn't want to be in the fucking gravitational pull of that this shit. This is awesome. This is the best So part. I had no fucking... I really was kind of just resigned myself to have a shitty day because... Once they're in, we had a grinder love connection going on here in the front of my shop. You know, they were saying all kinds of dirty words. When you move that mic, it made everything perfect. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, and we were having this weird fucking old man grinder thing happen. I probably groaned her or something. Anyway, (laughs) there's an app out there for that. No, it's not an app. They can't use smartphones. Groaner. So for real, Renee texts me. (laughs) Play cannibal corpse <laughs> if you've never heard cannibal corpse well and before that though i mean he was playing like classic rock and shit yeah. like that like yeah, you he know was playing elo yeah so it's like elo it's like you know like i'm na, 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 like a snake in the grass yeah and also yeah. it goes <laughs> and i didn't turn it up high i didn't i didn't crank it it was ambient you know <laughs> But it was definitely evil, dude. It was definitely like it was like it was like do 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 gone, (laughs) death 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 kill 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 kill, and it was awesome. It was fucking great. But Steve, how long did they last? Ten seconds. Ten fucking seconds. They unassed the AO, as I used to say. They got their ass out. It was assholes and elbows. It was magic the way they fucking evac the scene. It worked beautifully. Yeah, that was pretty. So if you are ever we, we used is to that call in the sales manual no no that we used to <laughs> in the old days when we were working motorcycle shows all the time we would look around in our booth yeah and john's worked these a bunch with me mm. we would look around in the booth and we'd be like guys we gotta flush the booth because we'd look around in the booth and we'd have you know 600 square feet a thousand square feet and we'd look around and it would just be each one of us would be hostage taken by a space invading old man, you know? And we're just like, oh, and you look around and you could see we're all getting the fucking Colin Robinson treatment. And 
I was like, we got to flush the booth. And I'd give the international symbol and we'd be like, yeah, we got to flush the booth. And that would be like, I'm sorry, man. I'd love to talk to you some more, but I got to go. I see a guy over there that's got a question. He's got his bike. And we would literally just rotate. And we would all disengage from our representative collective posse of old white men. Now, if you're an old white man. It's a shame, though, that the, the, the shows have stopped because, you know, the last, it, it progressed from giving a fuck about trying to talk to people yeah, and yeah. try to fucking jerk them off and yeah. talk about bikes. Right. To just like, fuck this. We're here to sneak beers in and, <laughs> yeah, it, well, just, and then maybe film a pod, or not film yeah, a podcast, record really? a podcast. Yeah. And can we... Can we cut all this retail shit and just go straight to the drinking? Yeah. But, yeah. but you know what's crazy that I didn't understand? And you had talked about this many times. And, like, you know, I've had my experiences, like, on one of my vintage bikes at a gas station or something. But, you know, volunteering, I was taking the bikes down and getting gas and then bringing them back. And there wasn't one out of, I think I prepped six bikes yesterday and five today. And every single one, when I get to the gas station, your, oh, what? Your, your numbers are going down. Well, <laughs> that was because there was additions. There was additions right, to right. it. But anyways... But as soon as I got there, just like he's saying, these white dudes pop out of nowhere. What is that? Is that a vest? What you got there? Yeah, yeah. How many miles? How many miles does it get? Where, where do you? And I'm like, look, dude, I don't know. I, I just, I'm the just Janus. I mean, when you got the Janus on the trailer, <laughs> you don't even want to stop. That. Don't even stop to pull gas. There's a line. Waiting. Johnny, Johnny, tell me that story. Oh, which I mean, I don't know which one are you talking about. Every time we stop, the for first, gas- yeah, the first gas stop. Oh, do you have to refresh my memory? I don't know what was so salacious uh, about that. Out, of, out of nowhere. Two guys just appear. Yeah, I mean, it's like with their phones out, out taking I'm just photos, here pumping and gas, and all of a sudden, oh, what the fuck? Are you? Oh, <laughs> like, oh, look oh. at that! That's a super cool bike. How old is that? But then there's a little bit of deflation when you're like, it's a 2020. It's brand new. It's brand new. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I got to get going. Still under warranty. Yeah. Wow, you hooked me on that. They feel suckered. You know, you got to come up with the whole fucking story and just lie. And be like, this oh, is about a, the Janus? Yeah, be like, it's a 1911. I know, lie. Yeah, say it's, it's like a, a 1928 Janus. Janus. Um, made right. by the famous uh, Herschel Janus. Handmade. Handmade. And <laughs> and because, because... Herschel Janus the third. are you talking about? Yes, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, hold on. Because the original engines were steam. <laughs> yeah. And you can't really use them on the road at all. No. I want to ride this one. Mm-hmm. So I did the Leafon upgrade. Right. So I upgraded the motor to a Leafon. Which is a kit, just drops and right the in. The original yes. steam engine's way too valuable. Yeah, and, I, I don't want to risk blowing and it And realistically, have you ever had a steam engine between your legs? It's not safe. Well, no. So in the interest of my, my Only testicles... Only in Las Vegas. In the interest of my testicles, I've decided to do the Leaf-On conversion. Now, there were only three Janices made. Right. Right, and this is one of them. And, and, so, the, yeah. and the thing is, is like, I know a lot of people didn't really appreciate what uh herschel did right and it kind of stained the janice name yeah, but but it's not the it's not him it's the machine that i'm into so right. i just want to clarify that real quick i just want to absolutely clarify uh, yeah that that i'm this... into herschel's janus <laughs> again man you say? Look, yeah. did look, you wake up over there the hershey yes. janus my buddy my body my body's got a bike that everybody when when he did this this custom conversion he did uh, alex you're out there i know you're not listening so, because uh, you have better things to do. But when Alex converted this Honda over into a combat scooter, and it was a Honda CH150 Deluxe, but when he got done with it, nobody would be able to identify that it was a Honda CH150 Deluxe. And I think he was calling it the Herkimer Battle Scooter or something like that. <laughs> and, and he's... The joke never goes far enough with Alex, so I think he actually made... 
emblems sure. that say Herkimer on it. And I believe it was Herkimer. And it was a Herkimer battle scooter. And he'd made like emblems and shit, insignia for it. So because anytime anybody would look at this thing, you know, green, olive drab green, ammo boxes all over it, Cushman gas tank, like all this cool shit, you could never tell it was a Honda. Like it would take Steve, would take 25 minutes for Steve to identify it as a CH-150 Deluxe hmm. because it was so well done and it was layers deep. Mm-hmm. And he would straight face look at people and say, yeah, it's a Herkimer battle scooter. <laughs> and Alex is a smart guy, so he's got a full backstory. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. If yeah. you, you have to have the backstory. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what counts. His dog, his dog was some kind of a crossbreed dog when he got his dog and his beautiful dog. And Taco was like this great dog. And But people would be like, the dog's personality plus. It'd jump up on the leg shields of his bike and ride anywhere in the world. If you're at a scooter rally or something, you're having a few drinks, you slow down long enough, the dog jumps on your floorboards, take it for a ride. <laughs> and so everybody's like, what kind of dog is this? And I would straight up be like, it's a Burmesian monkey hound. It's the only dog in the world that climbs trees. It climbs up in trees and gets monkeys out of the trees. It's an amazing animal. <laughs> it's a Burmesian monkey hound. And, but again, it's all just the delivery. It's just that straight up delivery. And, and let people straight prove face, you wrong. Yeah. I think yeah, this is giving me an idea hound. for a new yeah. hobby. Yeah. I think this is a good hobby. Look, whatever you say means nothing. They're just waiting to tell you their story. Yeah. You're just trying to fuck face people. Yeah. Because no matter what you say, they're not listening. They're preparing to tell you their story. Dude, this one to jump in. To jump in. This one so guy. Awesome that this, is the case. this one guy started with how many miles per gallon does it get? Yep. To telling me how dangerous it is to ride on the street. Yeah. To like he really wants me to be safe. Yeah. And he's worried about me now. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. go away. Yeah. I was trying to buy one point. Quit holding my hand. Gallons of, of gas. Not even. Steve, tell us where the man touched you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a doll. I have a spear can. Where did he touch yeah, you? Where right. did the man touch you? Here. Here, Steve. Here. Steve's second day, and already he's getting being touched. Yeah. I am completely, I'm sure that every dealer, everybody who's ever worked at a dealer, is right now yelling at their radio, yeah, motherfucker, I told you. Yep. Um, it's true. It is absolutely true. But you know what's funny is like as much as we're all been in, in and out and stuff like that, well, I mean, John, you guys know, but like, for me, I've never seen how fucking crazy it gets in like in a day. Like how much shit happens in a day. You remember all those times that I said it's not like the bohemian lifestyle where you're just hanging out, having a good time. <laughs> no, man. Where it's fucking kind of balls to the wall. I thought it was 2.30 and it was 6. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck did it get to be 6? I haven't eaten anything. Like it was nuts. So every time Phil says oh, I haven't eaten all day, I was like, okay, you probably snack or something. No, you don't do shit. You just do things. Those pants make you look skinny already. Hell yeah. Can you see the bulge though? That's yeah, important. it is. No. For people that have never worked, <laughs> I can see the camel toe. Bulges. <laughs> for people who have never worked in a motorcycle shop in April, working at a motorcycle shop in April yeah. is extreme chaos. Yeah. And this is the new and improved with the door locked and the mm. appointment schedule. Oh, I can't imagine. Because before around. we had the appointment thing this and, and the door was shit. open, this ain't I mean, shit. You ain't got 20, 30 right. buddies out there you got to prep every day. Exactly. Oh, you know yeah. what you missed though? Yeah. So I was. <laughs> I was laying underneath a, a, a 300, um, popping in those fucking things that I hate. The, the rubber, rubber plugs. Yeah. The frame plugs. Yep. Yeah. And there was, that, there was that dude that came back with his girlfriend. They were looking over here, and he didn't see me. And so I, I just kind of slid to stand up, but I must have gone like a snake like this. He jumped about a foot and a half there. It was like, Jesus Christ. 
Okay, first of all, you're not supposed to be talking with customers. I didn't talk to anybody. Don't ever talk to a customer. Okay, John will tell you. <laughs> Do not talk to Every person that starts working at our shop. If you carry a wrench and right. you can fix something, you should not be talking to customers. Yeah, yeah no, I didn't. Look, for people that, hey, I'm going to get a job working at a motorcycle shop. And while I'm working at the motorcycle shop, I'm new here. It's fun. It's cool. I like to meet people, whatever. And I'm, I'm wrenching a bike or pushing a bike out to test ride it, whatever. And I'm just having this little casual conversation with this cool guy who walked up. And the owner came out and just fucking nuked my whole conversation. The owner, that son of a bitch, that jackrabbit asshole, came out here and was like, you get back to work and you, what the fuck are you doing talking to my mechanic? That guy just did you the solidest favor in the history oh, yeah. of favors. I can see that. Because what happens is if a customer can have access to a mechanic, the customer is like, I have a backstage pass. Yeah. You have to have, have a question. one degree of separation. At least. At least. Because be like, there's things that you can't tell a person. No. And there's a reason before they take you your need, fucking they, gallbladder out, they mm. put you out first. Right. Because they don't want your fucking opinion. Right. Right? Or that, your questions. Exactly. They're, yeah, but that's just why things they take that out to be your properly served your up. Gallbladder. Yeah. That you need to be able to be, yeah. I'm about to hit and your too, bike. Like if you start talking right. with customers about the servicing of their bike. Right. Then whenever he talks to the right. customer, the customer's going to be like, well, your mechanic said, bobbity, 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 bobbity. You got it. That's well, I didn't exactly talk to anybody. Right. I just slid no. like a snake out no, from no, underneath no, no. the I'm, bike. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm just talking from my Yeah, opinion. right. No, and, I then, can, <laughs> and then you have to say, oh, well, that was John. But I thought you were going to come up under like a, that a, was a upskirt or something no, like that. No, no, no. special. You, you mentioned that, that he had a girl with him. <laughs> well, no, no I don't think I'd want to see that upskirt. It was not. No, 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 no. Okay. Nothing special there. So today I said no shit from, from John. It's like Oprah met a potato. I, I told, uh, I was talking to the guys, and I said, well, John wants to build a little cabin in the back of the property so he could look at the plant and, and Nick says so he could see what he didn't do. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole Nick. thing to say. Nick is fucking, Nick. He, he's been a, Nick, was Nick, Nick waiting for that? Like, Nick, that's a fucking zinger. Nick out, out of nowhere is like busting my chops on everything. I think it's because I called him Nicholas or something. No, oh, okay. I don't know where it's coming from. It's game from, on it's now. Like, I call him Nick Tater. Nick Tater? <laughs> I feel like I'm getting persecuted here. He's like up my ass and be like, you need to have the samples done by 8 o'clock. Okay, like, Dick. I mean, your Nick. Your fucking boy Jake doesn't have them until like 9 or something. Right. Like, I'm like, why am I getting all the brunt of well, this? Because Jake's story, he starts the story and an hour and a half later yeah, it's, it's over. He's like, so. <laughs> Nick, Nick goes around every morning and checks everything I've done. Right. Every, he does it. He's been going. He does a check. He goes around. It checks every lie, every place I've signed in, checks every little thing I've done. I don't because I figured it wasn't done. And then, <laughs> you know, then they're, well, I've done everything. I'm like, oh, whatever. You guys all suck. <laughs> Maybe I think I saw Some him, of you swallow. I saw him get mad at you when you uh, like would fall asleep after lunch. Then he, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Well, yeah, I get mad at him because his snoring wakes me up. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Hey, guys. These two women over here. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a war going on. I heard about this. Heard about that? Um, so, we, we, you know, I, I remain in contact with some people in Ukraine. Um, did they really sink that battleship? It sounds like they did. Well, it um, sank. They pulled it back no, no, to port. It's, it's, it I'm hasn't gonna, sank. I'm going I'm to yeah, yeah. play what police do is if you have a statement right. and you have a statement, mm -hmm. We we assume both of your statements are correct. Right. You're saying you hit the battleship and you you sunk it, and you're saying no, 
munitions went off and it's no, 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 no. They hit it and they it blew it up. What, hold on. What hold happened on. was they hit it and the munitions went off and it sunk. Yeah. So both stories are correct. But they have so far just they they they, they floated it and dragged everything. it back. I was going to say at the moment it's not underwater. Water, no, it's but it's also thing. not usable. It's I heard I heard somebody said that that battleship got upgraded to a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> Now that is the pride of the Balkan fleet. It is the pride yeah. of the Balkan fleet right there. Yeah. That's called the Moscow. Which right. was the same ship. Did you that... get my email? Phil at I'm, I'm, I mean, ah! I mean, not right Time now. Sent it earlier today. Okay. It's, it's, it's about the Russian military. Oh, okay. Well, right. That was the same ship that pulled I up may on not Snake have Island it. and got told yeah. to fuck off. Exactly. So, but, but anywho, um, as we are, we are what we are. We care about things happening in the world. Ural. We talked about Ukraine. Now let's talk about Ural. We like motorcycles. Some of us at this table own a Russian motorcycle. Would we like to talk for just a brief moment about how this war is affecting people that build motorcycles for a living, which ultimately we all agree that if you build motorcycles for a living, I don't care what is going on in your world. We have something in common, right? I hope the price goes down. <laughs> well, it would have to, right? Yeah, it couldn't would... go up. No. Cause it motherfucking, you're all you have to buy who, it with Bitcoin. <laughs> you're all who loves to brag about how, how like, no, really it's a BMW. Yeah. Well, they've got the pricing right. They figured out the pricing side of the BMW. But Ural is not a BMW. Not even close. But here's what I wanted to talk about. That Ural, which is made in Russia. It's a Russian motorcycle. And But here's what killed me about Ural. Something I did not know. In year of our Lord 2021, a year when anybody would say, prior to the Ukraine war, right? Prior, prior to the special military operation in Ukraine, um, prior to all that Asian. shit, prior to that, we know that every swinging dick that had anything with the word, I build motorcycles, could sell everything that was remotely motorcycle or tangentially motorcycle related faster than they could make it. Like, there's not a single manufacturer I deal with that has been able to keep up with demand. Except, except. Well, as you say, except we're waiting for the punchline. Well, <laughs> except for, and this is what kind of struck me as strange. Do you know any, Steve? <clears throat> do you know anybody who owns a Ural? Besides him, yeah. Um, not personally, but I've seen him out. At right, 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 shows right, right. No, right. You know anybody who owns a Ural? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I know two weirdos. I know two. I know two weird people that own Uralls. And when I got a Ural, I only made one phone call, and that Ural disappeared. Disposed I of. I knew the right person to call, and Steve bought the Ural. <laughs> now it was. Now granted, it was. The way he paid money, dude. No, it was Chinese scooter cheap. Okay. He'll tell you the price I charged him for that Ural. I think we traded for labor or something. We did. We actually literally did. We traded for labor. What I charged Steve him... doesn't do anything. <laughs> what I charged him... So that's him, how much the URL's worth. <laughs> that's how much I'm worth. What did, did he do? Nothing. Surf, what did he do? Surf the internet and, and <laughs> research what? conspiracy theories for you? 
www.blackhelicopter.com They're out there But seriously The Yakuza from Ukraine The mob is taking over Kazarian Mafia They're out there I have paid more for just a sidecar Than I sold him an entire motorcycle With sidecar for A motorcycle that had like Virtually no miles on it Yeah I don't know where that I don't know if that helped or not But anyway I think it's in the box Just stick a little box yeah, take a look at the box. But anyway, yeah, there you go. That's the problem. You found it right there. So which one of those inputs into that box is causing a problem? We're going to have to rewire. It's not your phone. Anyway, here's the thing. Would anyone like to guess how many motorcycles per year Ural built in 2021, the highest demand for motorcycles that any company has ever experienced on planet earth go ahead john i'd also like to add a second thing too to that i mean yeah. there's the number of them yeah yeah but i have a an, an inkling of where most of them are going too. what country is their number one export all right ukraine no. okay so 2021 before the war it's a country that people have stupid money to buy a garbage motorcycle there aren't many in the world okay so here we are. It's 2021. The world doesn't hate Russia yet. We all still think Russia's a great... I'm going to tell you, up until nine weeks ago, Renee and I were planning on going to Russia. A person we know is in Russia. We know that he would take us around and show us cool shit. You know what? Yeah. Now's the time to go. Yeah, it is, right? You know, it's going to be a dollar to A dollar to ruble? Yeah. I just go over there and pay for everything with dollar bills. Say you're anyway. Canadian. Also a good point. Great idea. Fuck it. Say you're American. Screw it. Be weird. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not exactly. Have any drugs on you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never leave. It's so, so cold up here after 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> you know, I really didn't want to see Siberia, but they paid yeah. for the train ride. Okay. You're all who we all know people who own your alls. Last year, best motorcycle year of the planet. You're all built less than. 2,000 motorcycles. Wow. Not surprising to me. (laughs) Do you know it would take four Cleveland motos to sell every year all they built? Let's put that in perspective. We sold 450 bikes last year, not counting Japanese cars and all the weird shit that we do. And that's not tooling. Right. No shit. It's just been paid for. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. If 11 motherfuckers show up to work every day, you should be able to do 2,000. Yeah. Moto Guzzi did. Sober? No, wait. Yeah. (laughs) But it was a sourcing problem, though, because they buy... They buy a bunch of stuff from Europe or Japan and like whatever. But it wasn't a sourcing problem last year. Wrong end of the thing. It wasn't a sourcing problem last year. It's not that they can't build them. It's the problem is they're running out of old white men to buy them. Well, and also I think I think when we were at the IMS show a couple of years ago, it was yeah. in Cleveland. Yep, they added bug headlights yep. to the fucking thing and a yeah. grill guard, and then yep. ten thousand bucks. If, right? They were like very expensive. That, if Royal Enfield sold a factory built sidecar rig, you would never see another Ural get sold. Right, I agree. Ural only gets sold because it's, it's like one of the only companies yeah. that will sell you. Are a, you guys looking at the screen right now? Sidecar. Oh, that's insane. Are you guys looking at the screen? Yeah. 26,000 
$999. I just spit up in my mouth. Is that yeah. for the two-wheel drive or the single that's wheel? That's the gear up. Okay. Okay. That's the gear up. So that's the gear up. Now, I... If I want a two-wheel drive three-wheeler, I'll buy a $500 ATC 110. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean... Sold. Right. If you want to go cheap, I mean cheap, the, the base model, one-wheel drive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, 17549 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Now, the problem is that's at least $3,000 worth of motorcycle. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and we will tell you that there have been years where round wheels were optional. Okay. <laughs> I know it. There's a reason we don't work on them. Right. But here's my point, And this is all I really give a shit about. Right this fucking minute, a company that at one point made 130,000 motorcycles per year for the Warsaw Pact. Right. <clears throat> is now building 2000 a year and right now due to <clears throat> parts support issues logistics problems etc marketing whatever if you if you are one of the only and i got to tell you if there are customers for your all as john said if there are customers for your all outside of the united states i will be shocked mm. because 2,000 bikes a year would be what I would think your all would sell just in Portland. Right. Just in fucking Portland. Uh, I know the your all dealer in Portland, and I would kind of think that they would sell probably like 35 or 40 your alls a year. And if you multiply that by, you know, fucking 75 US dealers or whatever it is, or 50 I hope US he's dealers. Carry another line. If this yeah. is the year we can kick. Yeah. You're all into the fi- volcano. Right. This might be it. This could be a right. sweet This could year, be it. Because I would love to see them go out of right. business. And, I and, would love to see wait, that no, Russian wait. company that's Amen, been in brother. business for right. 50-some thousand years. Because for as like long as... i them crash and burn and never build another bike. I've got maybe 50 years left in me. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If they never built another year all... <laughs> I could wait until my 92nd birthday and still own all and of them. still own enough your alls to make me angry at your alls. <laughs> right? Because I have take I've taken a fast pass on at least 7 your alls in my life. And I've ridden a shit ton of them because we worked on them. My first experience with a your all was an old guy who was a conductor for he retired. He but I only got interested because he had a nice little Honda CB350 sitting out in his yard for sale. I pulled in to look at it and had a wrap that was like, I don't know, I think the, the cam chain, or, there was no cam chain tensioner at all in the thing. It was fucked up. I wasn't going to buy it. But he had this Ural, and that was the first time I'd ever seen a Ural. Yeah. So I was kind of interested. I thought it was cool. And then he, we tried to start it, and it couldn't start, and it was like this and that and everything. And then I, I just started working on it. Every time you, like, fixed one little thing, it created, it, like, broke somewhere else, and it broke over here, and it wouldn't do this. And, like... No matter what you did, you tried to adjust the carburetors a little bit, and it was all, it's just stupid as hell. It got, I'm like, I got, I'm just, and the guy started calling me like, hey, can you come take it? I'm like, no, I can't. I'm done. <laughs> you're, hey. And it smelled, it, burnt, it was bleaking oil. It was just crap. Mine starts on one kick. It was crap. That's because now, it has the blessing of Hoffert <laughs> over, over the construction of, by the Russians. No, you've, you've, just, I got a, I got a good one. I mean, I, it, I mean, you got whatever. a Tuesday bike, not a, a Friday. I think here's a challenge after the vodka rations. Here's a, a challenge. 
I think you should ride your your roll to the next podcast. Okay, now hold on. Let's let let's, let's be <laughs> hold fair. On here. Hold on here. <laughs> let's be fair. Let's not jump the gun. Bill doesn't fair. want to have your roll stuck here. Let's be fair. <laughs> you can take it to the DGR, but I do not want to have <gasps> that fucking your all stuck in my shop. Okay, no, I'm just joking. You've got the 600 cc. 650. 650, right. So now they're now they've bumped them up to 750 cc's. Just so you know. I had a 752. It's a four-speed. Okay. <clears throat> but the 750 was not even as good as a 650. And now, today. No, it'll tear apart the crank. Now, hold on. Today, it's an EFI, fuel injection. Mm. Kian, fuel injection. Kian, fuel injection. Motherfucking Kian. That's badass. Oh, but again, I'm going to let you know, that 730-pound piece of Russian steel, that is going to run you twenty six ninety nine, twenty seven thousand oh, goddamn dollars. You twice the price. That's more than I well. made at the police department in nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Right? We're that's a lot of fucking money. And you're right. If you've got a running Ural, that's worth money. Right? People will buy that shit. Well, maybe after the conflict. I don't know. Ah, but here's the thing about <clears throat> this idea of this you Russian support manufactured Ukraine vehicle. Burn right? your Ural. Oh, your fighter will oh. go viral. You can make the money back oh. just on, on YouTube views. On YouTube views alone, right? I thought putting a, C, a CX650 motor in it or engine. It doesn't matter. Well, or a GL650 motor. Putting a little Honda in anything makes one it of, better. One of, my, one of my customers put a uh, BMW R, uh, R7, 750 uh, motor into a Ural. 75. Yeah, R75 motor into it. You're all. And aside from nothing lining up right, nothing working despite... Yeah, you just have to make motor mounts. So here's a tip. Cycle World Magazine... Just the tip. Cycle World Magazine has a special chamber of their mouth for Ural's little tiny Russian dick. Um, Every time Ural needs to sell 27 more motorcycles, they write a check for $27,000 to Cycle World. And then... Cycle an article written. writes another article buys a Ural, like this one article. that says amazing things like they they use the letters BMW in the article at least 75 times. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, right. So this is the thing that I've known as being a BMW. Uh, Badly weighted motorcycle. <laughs> bring more wallet. Yeah. Uh, so what I've known as being a BMW owner for many, many years, right, and also being a BMW um, aficionado, an appreciator, and being a Ural fucking avoider. And Steve will thank me for that. You cannot say the word BMW in the presence of a Ural enough to make it into a BMW ever. <laughs> Nor can you say the word BMW in the presence of a Chang Jang. Yeah. You could put BMW badges or a on. fucking Neepner. A Neepner. That's what I just saw for sale. A Neepner. And the guy said, I have done the BMW conversion. Yes, yes, he has. Right, yeah. And now it's worth $7. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a turd, man. Yeah. It was terrible. Fuck you. I like the Volkswagen conversion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a statement that I would like to read to everybody. And then at the end of this, maybe you'll have an opinion about Bennett's uh, magazine, like, like, like Cycle World. Mm-hmm. Ural was born out of worn-torn country. During World War II, Soviet Union leader Joseph Stalin wanted to protect Russia from German invasion, and the country's Red Army decided that it would have a major advantage with a sidecar motorcycle 
to help with traveling across Russia's tough terrain. Soviet engineers purchased a few BMW R71 sidecar motorcycles and reverse engineered them to create the M72. The sidecar motorcycles introduced in 1941 were originally built in Moscow, but due to the fear of German bombers, production was moved into Irbit, a town within the Ural Mountains that was out of bombing range. The M72 was only produced for military use until the 1950s, when they became available for civilians. Stop. Mm. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that we could is, bomb Euro today, I would push the button. Again, that is the <laughs> nicest possible way you can put it, but I'm going to tell you what it was. What are they, this, commie boots, bootlickers? Look, look yeah. man. I, You're a commie bootlicker because you own a Euro. Don't even care. Doesn't matter one bit. You the are. point is, that's not actually how the, how the history of the company works. Uh-uh. It was all about the Russian army went towards Germany, and they did go towards Germany. And when they went to Germany, to the victor become the spoils, or to the victor come the spoils. It was, it was just, hey. And if you want to know why Ukraine had a giant, giant airplane sitting in a hangar, the world's largest airplane, it was because when Russia decided it wasn't going to pay Ukraine's bills anymore, Ukraine inherited a lot of shit that was formerly Russian, including a nuclear power plant that had some problems. Yeah. Chernobyl. They had a leak. Well, but the other ones are the ones with the largest one in Europe. Absolutely. The one that they were firing on. Absolutely. But the point being that politics makes strange bedfellows. And this is what happens. To say, to to gild the lily and say something like Stalin wanted to protect Russia, so he invented a sidecar rig. Fuck you. That is absolutely not how it worked. You're that right. is absolutely not how it fucking worked. The that built that BMW right. motorcycle was right. left on the wrong side of Thank the you. curtain. Very good. I happened to be in Germany in 1989. I have a kind of a unique perspective on this. There was a big fucking wall. I have pieces of it in my house. And things that were on the wrong side of that wall became Warsaw Pact. Things that were on the right side of that wall enjoyed freedom, prosperity, and blue jeans. Right? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And, and weird kinky porno. Designer drugs. No, Look, no, there's weird kinky porno on both sides. Yeah. That's exactly it. The, the other, the, their other porno is in black and white and features Trabants, right? <laughs> That's all. Films. Instead of so, Look, selling the Ural is anything other than what the Ural is, which is a low-grade copy of a BMW motorcycle. Saying that he, you know, you moved the factory and everything else, and that you built them in Moscow. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But you did all of that using stolen German tooling, Mm. which is fine. And Russian tanks, which look, Russian tanks were never as good or precise as German tanks, but there were a shit ton more of them. Enter the Sherman. It was never as good as, but there were just more of them. Yeah, there's five thousand. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Really. Look, if you're not as good, have more. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Have you ever had a numerical McDon- superiority? Have you ever had a McDonald's French fry? I've never just there's, had a. <laughs> Thank you. Right. There, there's a reason you buy them by the ton, right? It's just better. So anyway, White Castle. If you're talking about how do we deal with Ural or how do we think of Ural in a time of Ukraine where everyone is supporting Ukraine and we don't want to be friends with anything Russian, my heart says. Don't necessarily cry me a river over the poor folks at Ural because I will call your attention to the Psycho World article and they are building those things literally with no assembly line. (laughs) That's the picture from the factory where your Ural is being built. It is not what I would call the height of technology. 
We put a frame on a stand. Yep. Then we go get some wheels and tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is this is slightly ahead of the dirt floor you'd find in China. That's why they're so expensive because each one is hand built. Oh, well, no, I think they're so expensive because the U.S. distributor has decided that a one hundred percent profit margin is a great idea for a bike you're only going to sell. 2,000 of every year. Weren't they literally, though, like seven or 8,000 bucks like 10 years ago? Well, I hate to show no. my age. Yeah. So there's a guy in Cleveland named Yuri. Mm-hmm. And if Yuri's listening to this podcast, thank you for the AK-47. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I greatly appreciate that thing. It's great. However, your motorcycles suck dick. So Yuri was the guy who was importing Neepners. Oh. And uh, Neepner is a whole different animal. It's like a copy of a copy of a copy. No, it's just another Soviet block era motorcycle. And this is something that is, it, it belongs where it is. Uh, they are real. I mean, they exist. Neepner with a D. D-N-E-P-R. And how you spell Neepner is not your all. Okay. The D is silent like the Neepner. P in swimming. Yeah, Neepner. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Neepner. Yeah, Neepner is uh, Neepner or Dnepner, right? And that's how we can tell whether you've ever had one. So Neepners actually come out of Ukraine. So Neepners were built in Kiev, and uh, they were an actual. And and here's the difference: is Neepners are not hashed over BMWs. Neepner did build their own motorcycle starting with a 98 CC two stroke. You know, um, they did build a lot of different bikes and I've owned a few Neepners and here's what I can tell you about these. They are not great. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So the Neepner is not worse than a year The Neepner is not better than a year but Neepner itself has not produced your and they were sold for a long time under the name Cossack Motorcycles. Cossack? Uh, Cossack. Cossack. Oh. Jesus <laughs> fucking Cossack. Also, some English company bought them too, yep. and they—I yep. can't think of the name of the. Well, it was Cossack. So Satra, it- yeah. So Satra is—they um, were for a while. They were Satras. They were sold as Satras in the UK, and uh, but that was in the seventies. So that was in the the awesome, cool, swinging seventies, uh, the disco era. But this. I've I've actually owned a Neepner, an MT16. Uh, the MT16 is not an ugly motorcycle. It's actually kind of cool. It's got some cool cutouts on the gas tank. Uh, it's got the. Uh, it's kind of built on a sort of the front end looks like a BMW R69 US. It's a telescopic fork instead of an Earl's fork. But they are they are what they are, man. They're, Steve they're, prefers an Earl's. Oh, I prefer an Earl's as well. So. Uh, that is that is if you're going to have a sidecar, an Earl's is the way to go. The Neepner is the kind of thing that if you do have an opportunity to buy them, that's fine. Uh, there's like there's so like, there's such strange stuff when you look into this. There's a company called Wanderer involved, or KMZ Heavy Motorcycles. I mean, can and you IMZ? Like, there's all these different things that were all about German reparations after World War II, hmm. right? Can yeah. you keep them running with BMW parts? Nope. No, no, not even close. Oh, well, not even close. I think we've rubbed Euro's dick in the dirt enough. Yeah, but you know, I think it's only fair. Is there anything you'd like to say about your Euro in defense of it that you like about it? Though? No, 
<laughs> so there we go. No, and I mean, so when he got his Ural, back to sleep, I, I'd right. take the Ural, Ural, well, whatever, yeah. over the versus any day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, ouch! Yeah. I believe you would. Yeah, we had a we had a gentleman who's a NASA uh, scientist here in Cleveland, and the NASA scientist has had a 2016 Ural gear up. Um, and he, he had showed a German up. Shepherd. It was the. It was pretty cool, right? <laughs> it was the military. It was the, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And he showed up at our shop one time, and he was like, "He's a cool guy. I mean, I really like this guy. Everything about the dude was super I think we were cool." Trying to uh, set him up with Renee or something at one point. Like, oh, he's an engineer. Like, like shoot for the. John's not lying. Uh, so he's a super nice guy, super cool guy, and he showed up at our shop, and he had his. You're all. He's not an 18 year old loser. No, right. And he was like. <laughs> And like this guy, seriously, he's an engineer for NASA. He's got a really cool dog. He's got a really cool motorcycle, and he rides it every day. And he, and he showed, lives with his mom. No, he looks like he brushes his teeth. <laughs> oh wow! Look, this guy's great. I got no problem with him. Super nice guy. And uh, he showed up the one time on the Ural, and he came in. He may or may not have been like light, lightly flirting with Renee. That's cool. I appreciate that. And she didn't tell him to go fuck himself, so rock on. So he goes back out to his bike, and uh, it didn't start. And I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And he's like, "Yeah, man." He goes, "I don't know. Can you know? Can you, you know? You know? It it doesn't have a Kickstarter." So he's like, "Okay, so it's a modern enough. It's a modern enough you're all." So he's like, "Okay, let me bring out a jump pack." So I bring out a jump box and we hook up a jump box, and it won't start. And I'm like, "Wait a second! I'm hearing extra noises." I'm hearing bonus noises. <laughs> so he keeps cranking it. Hold on. So I pull a spark plug and he launched a valve. Oh. While it was parked. <laughs> and I had never seen a motorcycle launch a valve while it was parked. So he rode it in under its own power. Right. He'd hung out long enough to, you know, yeah. flirt with Renee. And the super glue between the head and the stem just And then when he, when he went out and tried to leave, he couldn't leave because his intake valve was not closing anymore. Well, <laughs> it, it was running up probably. He made it there on one cylinder and parked the thing. And then when he went to restart it, the thing, the thing I didn't want to restart it. It can run on one, but it can't really start, start on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's oh, what happened. It can start on one. It couldn't start on one. No, but I mean, it, it can if I, you... We couldn't make it. If, if hey, you're Steve, offered. Hey, Steve. There was nothing I wanted more than to get that bike out of my parking lot. I was motivated. Well, it, I spent nearly a can of starting fluid. Starting it on one with the other side fucked up. No, no I mean, yeah, not, yeah. It, not if it was causing a drag on the other side, yep. but... So the long and short of it is I put nearly a can of starch bastard through that thing. I wanted him to get out of my parking lot as much as possible or to buy an alternative motorcycle. Uh, today, speaking of making extra noises, yeah. I almost shit my pants. I had that one GTS filling it with gas. And just by chance, as soon as I hit the starting yeah. button, the air compressor or whatever for that free air thing... At the, it makes clicking noises yeah. before it actually kicks right. on. Yeah. So I'm hitting the starter, and I can hear the bike starting, but it's also going, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. Something's horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then I, yeah, for about a couple seconds there, I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> in, other news, this thing. <laughs> in other news, this is actually fucking motorcycle-related, Benelli. 
Who guess what you found out today? And I, as I did, I makes what? Je- uh, uh, jet skis. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. I the thought wo- you were going to go the off world's on that fastest caller. jet ski. Yeah. was made by Benelli. Yeah, I did not know that. Are you a dealer? Uh, that's what the guy said. The guy called me. He goes, "Hey, I see you carry Benelli motorcycles." I said, "I do," and he goes. Do you carry Benelli jet skis? And I said, I don't. Maybe. And he goes, I said, I'm not aware that Benelli makes a jet ski. But again, Steve heard me. Yeah. At no point was I like, Benelli doesn't make a jet nope, ski. Nope. I was that. like, hold on, let me Google this shit. Yep. And I Googled it. He goes, well, Benelli makes the world's fastest jet ski. And How I was, many would you like? And I was like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. So I had to Google it. And Benelli does, in fact, make right. a rather fast jet ski. <laughs> uh, it turns out, it looks well, like. Well, for you Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a lot like a Bombardier, uh, but the the uh, deposit's going to be sixteen thousand dollars a piece. <laughs> it's Bombardier. Bombardier. So I, that's Sorry, I, sir. It's Bombardier. I like pronounce it Bombardier. Pilot to Bombardier. Pilot to Bombardier. No, that doesn't sound. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Right. Exactly. It just doesn't sound right. But it is Bombardier. Uh, they're kind of Steve. Can we ride this uh, this jet ski around your pond? By the way, by the way, can we ride this around your pond? Oh yeah! If you haven't seen that would be awesome Bombardier jet skis, they look fucking trick. Like they're sharp as fuck. That looks like they look look that. And by the way, that picture you're looking at look like a Ural. That picture is from 2008. What was that movie? What was the movie with the with the motorcycles that were all sleek like that, and they shot rockets out the nose? Oh, Megaforce. Saying. Megaforce. It Megaforce. looks like it should be part of the yeah. fucking. Yeah. About Waterworld. Yeah. So I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea that Bombardier. I'm sorry. <laughs> that Benelli. That Benelli. And they make stand ups. They make stand ups. Oh, no shit. Benelli. Yeah. Look at that. They make stand ups. They make sit downs. I had no. Let's idea. Let's go, baby. I had no idea. How about the Ducati, the wet Ducati? That's an artist concept. We're not going to fuck around with that. But anyway, Benelli. Benelli does make badass, fucking badass. Yeah, jet look skis. at that fucking thing. How much are they? Well, it's in an article called The Top 15 Most Expensive Jet Skis in the World. So I'm going to say they're probably not fucking cheap. <laughs> Buck a CC. I'm going to say they're not cheap. Oops. Right. I'm going to say they're probably not free. Right. Oops, there yeah. it is. Yep, exactly. It's but in case. Cubic millimeter. So, Right. Yeah, right. Was it 16,000 did it say up there? Yeah. Oh, it's 180 fuck. horsepower. Huh. Yeah, Lake Erie, are you it's kidding me? It's a three-cylinder four-stroke. Rip and tear, 180 baby. horsepower jet ski. And it's a stand-up jet ski. So that means it will rip your the dick DGR off through your out arms. Out on jet skis. Look at that thing. Look at that. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. My friend bought a Honda jet ski. Like, the an Aquatrax. An Aquatrax. I had one. Supercharged. Whatever. Yeah. Supercharged Aquatrax. He rode it one time. He you know, went to the Honda dealer, bought yeah. it, put it in the water, rode it one time. He's like, I'm never riding that thing again. I'm scared <laughs> of it. <laughs> I bought, and he sold it. So, to you. No, he didn't did, sell it to me. Did we, ever say, did we ever tell a story on Moto Stories? I know your story well, about no. it. You know the story. We'll do a Moto Stories on it. Well, we have we'll to do soon. a Moto yeah, Stories yeah, on it. Yeah. I will give you guys, the podcast listeners today, Patreon or not, Just I don't give tip. a fuck. I'm going to give you the tip. Right. I buy a lot of motorcycles at auctions. Mm-hmm. And when you go to auctions, shit gets weird. <laughs> I mean, auctions are like, dealer auctions are like, okay, it's a motorcycle auction. But we got some ATVs. <laughs> okay. We got some side-by-sides. All right. That's pretty cool. We got some go-karts for the kids. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of boats over here, and we got some campers. 
And we or may not have may or may not have a helicopter. <laughs> but motorcycle dealer auctions are kind of fucking weird. Mm. And it'll be like in the old days, it would be like three thousand, four thousand motorcycles. Mm. Now it's like seven <laughs> because nobody has any left over. Right. But so my a few years ago, I go down there and I am like buying shit like crazy, you know, flipping stuff like like nuts. And I go in there, and there is a Honda Aquatrax 1200 four-stroke supercharged on the trailer, ready to rock and roll. And I was like, hmm, I've never owned a jet ski before. Well, I've never owned a modern jet ski. I had a 752 stroke. I rode to Canada, a Yamaha. But I'd never had an Aquatrax supercharged it's not 1200 like 1200 cc modern supercharged dude it's got mirrors if only you if your jet ski lake. has mirrors that's some shit right there that's right you can see when you're towing somebody yeah <laughs> i think you're right i actually do think you're right so this thing goes up for auction and it's just a goddamn beast i mean this thing's pretty fucking big it's three people and honestly legit it's three fat people in perspective, that's a normal full-size human being standing next to one. It's bigger than you think it is. So I buy this thing at the auction, and I hook it up to yonder pickup truck, and I drive it back from Cincinnati, and I couldn't be happier to be like a white man in the suburbs with a fucking Aquatrax because it is a four-stroke, environmentally friendly 1,200cc jet ski that goes just shy of 100 miles an hour. Technically, no, about 70 miles an hour. But 70 miles an hour on the water is fucking fast. Yeah. So, uh, so if you had a deadhead. <laughs> deadhead? That's a log floating in the water. Oh, like okay. This. All right. All right. <laughs> like summer. Anyway, I don't know anything about deadheads, but Dr. Waters and I take it down to yonder boat launch. And so we're right by the house where we live. There's a lot of water activity and, you know, boat culture. And this we can't be that hard. Yeah. And I mean, I have a pickup truck. So we take it down behind the pickup truck and we put the thing in the water, which is pretty easy. And I've never done it before, but I figured it out. And Dr. Waters and I jump on the Honda Aquatrax F12X, and uh, we proceed to light the motor up and, and, and go. And I mean, we are going, Steve. We're going. I've never gone that fast on water. I'm going to tell you what. We were on water. We were going faster than a Cessna takes off and lands. Just going. And it was cool. And we're like doing the thing where you skip on the water. 53 miles an hour. Rotate speed. <laughs> well faster than that. And uh, we're skipping along the water, and it's all cooling, and we're just rocking out. And we go past our house, we go past our dock, and we go past everything else, and we keep screaming eastbound, and we're just loving it. We're having such a great time. Eastbound and down. Oh, man, we were flying. <laughs> Loaded up and rolling, baby. And we were going to do what they say couldn't be done. And, but the boat, kept, the boat started getting lower. And at the same time, the boat started getting slower. And I noticed the boat was getting lower and the boat was getting slower. And I thought that was weird. I really wasn't expecting that. So at some point, the boat slowed down to the point where I would say we were no longer on plane. And when the boat's no longer on plane, it's no fun at all. No, it's a displacement hull. So when the boat was no longer on plane, things started to happen rather quickly. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing I noticed was the front of the boat was getting much, much more vertical in the air. And the back of the boat was getting much, much lower in the water. And parts of my wife were getting wet that weren't wet previously. And hey, I, I kept Our giving it, and I kept giving it, 
I kept giving it more and more and more throttle, and it kept going slower and slower and slower and slower. And uh, it got and take out of the water then. Not yet. <laughs> yes. And so it kind of this you know now a big twelve hundred cc motor has a certain amount of authority to it. It makes a certain sound, and the sound I will describe was this. <laughs> And uh, and at that point, all forward momentum stopped, and the boat was sitting very, very the downward momentum started. Yeah, the it boat went was, from being a boat to a bobber, literally. No, and the boat started getting lower and lower in the water, and I realized that we were fucked. And so I taken my wife, um, you've met her, and I lightly threw her off of the vo- the boat. I just. I didn't throw her. I I, I guided her. I guided her off of the vessel. So I guided her off of the vessel via the most expe- expeditious way possible by shoving her into the fucking water. And then I stood up and I took the seat off. And when I took the seat off, I found the most amazing aquarium inside the boat. And I thought, what an interesting thing that this boat brings along its own water cooling. And that sound I heard was all of the lake going into the motor. That's not great. And I knew it probably wasn't going to start again with its air intake under the water. So I was kind of hoping for this kind of idea of this neutral buoyancy thing that you've heard, you know, we've talked about before. And it turns out that the Honda Aquatrax is not a Boston Whaler. It doesn't have the foam in it? No. There's almost no foam in a Honda Aquatrax. So Dr. Waters and I tied our PFDs to the Aquatrax, which was bringing on more water than it was expiring. And then we began to grab the nose of this fucking thing and tow it. Now, if I tell you that it weighs a thousand pounds full of water, I'm probably short. I'm probably coming up really fucking short. Now, the thing might only weigh 900 pounds empty of water. But full of water, it's a heavy motherfucker. Well, every gallon's nine pounds. Exactly. Right. 8.34. Pints oh, a pound the world around, okay? So Dr. Waters and I fucking sidestroke this bitch all the way into some part of Bay Village, and we end up on this place I like to call Dead Squirrel Cove because <laughs> it's a point where, well, I mean, okay. There's no trails that go to it. It's just a steep drop. You guys know these, yeah. these points along Lake Erie that look like the White Cliffs of Dover. Right where you can't walk down to the beach. And there's a little bit of beach where, you know, nature decided there should be a beach. Yeah, you can get to it by a boat. Yeah, you can get to that. it by a boat, but there ain't that's nothing it. else. But it's a, it's going to be a short, you know, ambale um, to go down about 85 feet to get to the water from, you know, up there. And you got four feet. Yeah. And you got literally four feet of sand. And so we pulled up onto this four feet, beautiful white sand beach. But the only thing that was there visiting us were like 21 dead squirrels. Because it turns out squirrels aren't real good at knowing where land stops and lake starts. <laughs> and so there's all these dead squirrels on the sand. It's the suicide park. For it's suicide park. Hey, just, fucking... Guys been shooting them and chucking them in the lake and they just walk back. I just think more squirrels are like, oh shit, car. Mm-hmm. And when they run back across, they think there's going to be more front yard and there's yeah, not. Nothing. It's just lake. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like squirrel dead. <laughs> and their tails probably look magnificent when they're doing right. it. But a long story short, Dead Squirrel Cove. So we're at Dead Squirrel Cove, and we, we 
we drag this heavy motherfucker up onto the fucking what you know you said four feet of beach. We drag it up, and so there's this thing. I don't know if you guys know boats. So if somebody's waving, right? That's one thing. But if somebody is waving a life jacket, so a life waving a life jacket is the ace of spades. It trumps everything else. If you're waving a life jacket, that means if you are operating a vessel. Oh, you have to help her? You have to help. Ah. Okay? Steve, if you see somebody. Okay. <laughs> if you put your hand on your head, that means I'm not drowning. I'm just bobbing. I'm cool. Yeah. Go away, Coast Guard. I don't need you here. Wow. Right? I'm sailing naked. Right. Why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> right. If you put your hands on your head, if you put your hands over your head. If you do this, right. I'm sailing naked. And you can do it. Why and, are you and, next to my and for the for the record, you can do it with one hand if you're trying to tread water with the other. Mm-hmm. But one or hand, cover your one hand on your head means I'm okay. <laughs> Fuck off. Now in the army we had a thing like this. This is you know what this means in the army? Oh, duck and cover. Fuck you, I got it covered. Oh. <laughs> okay. Do you know what this means in the army? Oh. Cover me, I'm fucked. Oh. It's slightly a slight <laughs> variation on the same hand gesture, which is a middle finger covered by a, a flat palm raised and or rotating. Cover me, I'm fucked, and fuck you, I've got it covered. Not that far off. But anyway, <laughs> but we all know first day of boat camp, if somebody's waving a life jacket, mm-hmm. they need you. Right. So Dr. Waters and I are on Dead Squirrel Cove. We're gassed out because we just fucking paddled in a fucking giant behemoth of a bike or wet bike that's full of fucking water. And we are just about done having fun for the day. So I'm waving life jackets, multicolored life jackets. Her child-sized life jacket, my adult-sized life jacket. Waving them at boats that are going by. And a 35 sea ray goes by. 35-foot sea ray, twin, in boards. Just full of doctors and assholes. Goes by me at a range of no less than 700 feet, and I'm waving my shit. You know what they're doing? Waving back. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Holding a cocktail. Waving yeah. back. Oh, go fuck your hat. Right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What you do know. you think they're doing, Myrtle? Yeah, exactly. Three or four other boats go by. Same thing. We wave life jackets. They wave back. Jesus Christ. Two 16-year-olds. In a 1957 Lyman, 12-footer. <laughs> just got out of the boater safety class. 12-footer with a 15-horse outboard Johnson. <laughs> with the white handle. Period uh, correct. Yeah. Right? Daddy just restored this wooden thing. It's, it's his smoking. masterpiece. <laughs> it's smoking like a... It's a 17% two-stroke mix, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's three to one. Grandpa's right? boat. Grandpa's boat. Perfectly restored. These kids, and they come in. They come in. Hey, dude. I'm like, hey, we're fucked. <laughs> what happened? Ah, my boat magically got full of water. Yeah. Okay. How'd your boat get full of water? Not your concern. <laughs> your concern is I'm going to pay you $100 right now to take me back to Miller Boat Landing. And these two teenagers went, but we're not going to Miller Boat Landing. <laughs> we're going to Huntington Beach to pick up chicks. And I went, that'll do. Yeah. Leave me at Bay Village Yacht Club. Leave me at Bay Village Boat Club. I'll make a phone call to Renee. She'll bring the truck and trailer over. I gave the kids a hundred bucks and they towed me. So they didn't have any line at all. So we tied together four life jackets to make line. Uh, wow. And I was on the uh, Aquatrax. Merritt was in the back of the Lyman. And they just, they fought me with this like 1950s motor. 
all the way to the, where they wanted to so go pick up chips. Have you gotten any of the water out yet? Oh, Merritt and I had rolled it. Okay. We fucking rolled that thing like a beluga. Like, <laughs> like Dr. Waters and I were all about like shaking it and yeah. getting the water out of it. Is this the right time to ask, how did the water get in? So here's the thing you bet you don't know. Did you know that these watercraft are water-cooled? But you know they don't have radiators because there's an ample supply of water around them. Oh, it makes sense. Makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't bring the water with you when you're sitting in it. Right. However, the water jacket for the engine and the water jacket for the exhaust, mm-hmm. which keeps the exa- exhaust nice and cool right. and also nice and quiet so people don't get angry at you, has a big old fucking drain plug in it. <laughs> and if uh, you didn't make the last three payments on your boat and you knew the bank was going to repossess it anyway, and you were kind of angry at the bank because you couldn't pay your bills, yeah, and you had misplaced anger issues, oh, yeah. you might take the drain plugs out of your boat. So when they repossessed it and sold it to the next victim, <laughs> they might turn that 150 horsepower motor into a 150 horsepower water pump right. that filled the inside of the boat with the outside of the lake. <laughs> this or, they, is a, or they didn't winterize it, and it and the one of the freeze. Pl- I mean, the freeze plugs are in there too. Hey, Steve. That's what was missing. I reached underneath the header, the exhaust jacket. And there's a two and a half inch fucking plug that's held in by a giant bung screw when she was missing. See, that's a lot of times they just have those petcocks. I know. And so those have like a whole, like a plug that pulls out. Yeah, baby. Wow. So it's amazing how fast a 150 horsepower engine will will bring the lake into your hull. (laughs) I can tell you how long it takes. That's about long. Yeah. In my experience yeah. of almost swamping of wave runner, <laughs> you were probably not doing too bad right. as long as you were on plane. We and, and held plane along. a long time because once you're on plane, yeah. it is you're on yeah. top of the water. Oh yeah, so the water will come in, yeah. and it probably ran out the drain plug in the back that was missing. The drain plug was there. I checked it before I put it in the water. I'm not a complete idiot. But but anytime a modern a modern wave runner, a modern PWC is running, it's bringing water in to cool the engine. But the water's supposed to go back out again. But it might also have a bilge too. Was it like so if you're up on plane, it'll pump it out. Doesn't matter. No, it didn't. The hole in the side the hole that I could stick my dick through. Yeah. In the side of the exhaust jacket, probably four of your dicks actually, was big enough <laughs> to bring a lot of the lake into the boat, yeah. and it was. I will, Merritt will tell you that our journey on that vessel. It was so fun at first. Was about seven and a half to twelve minutes oh, until shit. it filled up with water, and that when they're full of water, they're no fun. Okay, uh, so but all you yeah. had to do was dump it out and put a new plug in, and you were good to go, right? Right, I had that with me. Nah. Not. But you didn't have the plug, right? The plug didn't exist. The plug was with the previous owner. Right. So this, right. Defaulting tamp, Denny. That's what you have an extra tamp Short story for. long, this no longer stayed in your life. So what had happened is I basically contacted the, the auction house from which I bought it and said, you handed me a sheet that said you had done a full safety inspection of this vehicle right. prior to my purchase of it. You'd handed me a sheet that said that it had been completely checked out and that if I had any problems with it, I have a problem. <laughs> and at least the problem is, and it's not on the bottom of Lake Erie. Right. So I did talk to them and they said, well, if you'll bring it all the way back here, we'll give you back a credit. Oh, 
oh, a purchase credit for the the price of the boat. So, but what, and so I brought it back and traded it in for two R eleven hundred RTPs. Oh, Can't nice. beat that. Can't beat that. No. Yep. But, but you were able, when you were, they were towing you after the water was out, since yeah. the engine wasn't running, right. it didn't fill. No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. I mean, it filled very slowly because it didn't have 120 horsepower pushing water into it. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you think the motor was fragged afterwards? I mean, or do you think you could pump, take the plugs out? Who knows if it hydrolocked, but, you know. And- As we all like to say, it's a Honda, but it's also an interference Top end. That's not true. My, my I mean, right. my my brother blew up his XL three fifty R by running it at full bore into the water because it's you got the you're you know he was trying to get you know like oh, I can get out of this and then it sucked water and it was like wow and it, it, it is, actually yeah. smashed the valve seat. Oh yeah, there were actually chips yeah. missing out of the valve seat. Nobody understands that like water can be like concrete. It does not compress. It does not compress. Right. Yeah, it does not compress, and that's a that's a little tip from your uncle Phil. Uh, don't buy jet skis or your uncle John. At, don't buy jet skis at auction. Um, they may have had it could a rough have been life. Beautiful though. If, if had it not been missing that plug, you'd probably still have that Look, jet ski today. Had it not been sabotaged, we'd all had a happy Christmas. But but as it was, I had a very very short ownership of a twelve hundred cc Honda. Uh, I get Aqua sick tracks. of them after an hour. I mean, I'd rather be on a boat than on a jet yeah, ski. Yeah, it's hard to fuck on a jet ski. <laughs> it's almost impossible to not fuck on a boat, right? True. I mean, this is true. And, I mean, this is and the most thing. of the people that totally enjoy jet skis are the people that, like, when you're trying to have a picnic with right. your family by the wake thing, they're one. five feet out, going. Rrr, rrr, yeah, rrr, yeah, exactly. Look at me! Right. Look at me! I'm a jet oh, ski. I, I, I would put the biggest argument ever that zero needs to consolidate all of their design efforts and build a goddamn electric jet ski. Yeah. Because if you could make me a silent fucking jet ski, I'm there. I mean, I'm your man. And I how love long the does idea. it need to run? You know what I mean? Like, Look, like he says, after two hours, yeah, you're, done. you're done. Yeah. After two hours, that's it. After I two hours, you've had enough. Zero like should make an electric trawler. Yeah. They should make well, an electric Six miles trawler. out into Lake Erie, you plug it in. Zero doesn't have to make an electric trawler because honestly, a 10 horse, or I'm sorry, a trolling motor for like a deep cycle battery. They're remarkable. I mean, throw it in where the Hercules is. I mean, just have a, yeah. a unit where you can just put down yeah. where a Hercules, like the, you know, the four-cylinder yeah. Hercules is. Yeah. It'll well, have twice make, the power. Right. They do make electric motors for marine boats. Man. Well, I know. No, oh, there's I mean, companies I, that yeah. do it. I've but, spent I mean, a lot of time on lakes in Europe where it's an entire goddamn amazing lake. Like Lake Chiemsee is this amazing lake in Germany, and there's no, there. it's only electric. So the whole lake is electric. And you'll see a pleasure craft going by with 27 drunk American tourists on it. You know, woohoo, Heron Kimsey. And it's all electric and it's silent. And you know, the animals are still animaling. The ducks are still <laughs> ducking. Everything's having a great time. The gooses are goosing. And the boat is silent, just going by, carrying all these people out to a uh, castle. And it's great. And electric works beautiful for that. Yeah. And you don't need to have a dug a dug a dug a dug a dug a you know, that bullshit. And if you ever swam behind a two-stroke jet ski, that's yeah. some horse shit. Yeah, you get a mouthful of fucking it. oil slick. Yeah, fuck you. Buy a modern piece of equipment. Get your piece of shit out of here. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I can't, can't I get enough. Tracks now. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Everything. Well, they're old enough now that you can get Aquatrax pretty yeah. fucking cheap. You know? For like three grand. I'm yeah, like, that's, that's exactly it. Of- that's a lot of boat for not very much money. You can you know? do it in the I've, lagoon. But I've already reached the same conclusion that you have. Right. Like, 
You can spend the same amount on, as you would on a jet ski on a boat, and actually like, <laughs> like maybe a cuddy cabin where you can get laid or relax. Or we can, live like, in Cleveland on the least the least boated lake on planet Earth. Like the joke, like you have twelve days. Lake Lake Erie, it's as big as Armenia. It is, mm-hmm. and it is the least boat. It's the least boated lake ever. And people live in Minnesota and boat more than we do. Which is hilarious. You know, people live in, you know, Sault Ste. Marie and they boat more than we do. Lake Erie is full of underachievers. And he's like, I got a boat. What do you got? I got a 90, I got a 91 Sea Ray 35. Oh, that's great. How many hours you got on it? Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been in the water twice. I like what you were yeah. saying. Just buy it and dock it and don't even take it out. Don't even, just literally, <laughs> just I said. tie it to tie it to the dock. It is a camper. Drain the tanks. <laughs> it is exactly it. Drain the tanks. Sell the I motors. Blow motors. <laughs> Fill the sell tanks with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and just party on the dock. You're right, though. Yep. Like, I've been down. The like, throttles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are right, though. Like, you go to those docks, and people will go cruise from, like, 11 or, no, yeah. like, 10 a.m. to, like, 11.30 yeah. a.m., yeah. and then it's just drink time until the morning. Exactly. Let, let, let yeah. me tell you something. When I was in college, I worked down at the Cleveland Yacht Club. <laughs> and, and uh was your name smalls or snails, <laughs> no, snails. <laughs> but during during the weekends smails when, your when dinghy they, put a hole in my yeah, yeah. <laughs> your boat scratched my anchor <laughs> your janus your janus scratched my anus <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all we, right so we'd be club. down there we'd be down there and you know as i said i'm 20 years old and these these boats come in from Detroit and yeah. you know Muskegon and all around Lake Erie, and it is just party fucking time. Mm-hmm. And you got handles of everything, and everybody says, "You know, would you like a beer?" No, 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 no. You know, vodka. You know, so we must have emptied you know fourteen handles of vodka, gin, wine. Nobody drank wine back then. It was all it was all hard liquor. Maybe the wives. But Back you know, surprisingly enough, you know, if if you went through two liters of wine, that was about it. But we went through so much friggin' booze because on these regatta weekends, everybody that came in, it was free drinks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they went through the fucking booze. That's the end of the story. No, so, no, you're yeah, fucking. Trust me, boat boat people. <laughs> like the whole thing about boat people. Yeah. We have customers who are boat people. We have people that are like, I have a boathouse. You live in Cleveland. Right. I have a boathouse. Well, where's your fucking boathouse? Kelly's Island. Putin Bay. Catawba. Catawba's not really an island, dude. Just because you have a river here right. and lake there, you're not really an island. Right. No, it's Catawba Island. They actually say the word Catawba Island, yep. even though that's not part of the name. It should be like a peninsula. It's just what it is. Is that where they, just, you can only golf cart, right? Like you can't. No, Catawba's Catawba. Okay. It basically, they got a brewery, though. It has a light duty river kind of going around it, like a creek. Twin Oats. A creek. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, that's right. right. My oh, that's they right. Were, yeah, they duh. were boat people. Yeah. That's why I broke down. They were alcoholics yeah, yeah, yeah. and into the schneefs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and like, you know, the one time he's like, hey, um, can I use your bathroom real quick? And then he comes out, he's like, I left one on the on the back for you. I go in and it's just, like, you left me alive. It's just a rail. Yeah, there's a rail waiting for me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but 
the awesome thing was I was sitting in my garage, and sometimes I'll just crack the door a little bit. Right. I don't want people to see me in there, but I want some ventilation. Yeah. And his wife was coming home, and there was like, they're going through it and everything. And she was a public defender. Oh, my. And they're going, and I'm listening to her. They had her pull. She must have made it into her driveway when they pulled her over. Oh, you could hear the police radio? Like, they were literally. And she was in the driveway, but they were in the street. They're a stone's throw away, and I'm just listening. And they're going through her purse and everything. They're like, so we have a white substance here. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, So what is this? A small sachet of a white substance. Yeah. Believed to be cocaine. Okay, well, we're going to be taking you in. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, ouch. Then they moved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure they moved. did. <laughs> oh. Over on to West Clifton. So we're not saying that, uh, we're not, Cleveland Moto is not officially going to go on record as saying that KTMs are powered by Benelli slash QJ. Uh-huh. However. Dun, dun, dun. The Benelli 800 has appeared in the KTM. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. The LC8C. And now there's a 1301cc patent been approved for a Benelli slash QJ KTM Super Duke. Hmm. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that when you apply for a patent of basically what is the exact same motor, except for the fact that it has the word Benelli stamped on the side, Mm -hmm. that KTM may have found a new source for their 1290cc motor or 1301 motor. And that is something that exists and is real. Like we know that with our Husqvarna Vitpilin, the white arrow, it is a Vitpilin 401, but we know it's the same motor as a KTM 390. Well, wasn't CF Moto or somebody coming out with a KTM looking adventure bike? You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the important letters that I would like everyone to remember are Q, J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Quang. Yeah. Quang Jang. Uh, Quang Jang. Jang. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, that is an important thing for everybody to remember. If you're not paying attention to those letters, you may be surprised by some things. Uh, but that, that's a real thing. And uh, for, for people who do that kind of thing, you, you just, you know, just kind of pay attention. That's, you know, your KTM may not be as KTM-y as you think it might be. Uh, your Husqvarna may be coming from somewhere else. Well, it's, um, it's, it's still crazy to me after, like, learning a lot, you know, here and just doing research. Yeah. How, how many people are so brand loyal and think yes. all these other ones suck, and most of them are all made in the same fucking place? And that's, I think, the takeaway. Yeah. I think the, the thing that we have to acknowledge is, you know, when we, you know, when we have this, this, this discussion, right, you know, when Harley Davidson says we're going to build some new 750s, Quang Jang. Yeah, right. Right? When KTM says we're going to build a new, you know, 1200 cc V twin, Quang Jang. But I think, so, I mean, I think you've talked, you, we've discussed yeah. this and you basically, you did. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's not like they're like a dirt floor factory right. either. No, like not at all. They're not, like a huge. Not by a long shot. Right. Yeah, not by a long shot. QJ's QJ. And, this is something that if I could wave a magic wand, I would make Chinese vehicles. Which one? Maybe Harley should make some mobility scooters to keep their customers happy. You mean the uh, the Dyna Ultra Rascal? Yeah. 
Look, man. That's what the tri- with three to the trikes are when they put the back wheels. The Dyna Ultra Rascal. Um, I've been saying this forever that I was alive in 1984. Yeah. Like, I was alive when the Evo marketing strategy hit. Mm-hmm. And Harley Davidson has been advertising to the same man. Yeah. For since 1984. Right. But that guy is now 91 years old. Right. Oh, I mean, okay. Technically, he's between 65 and 91 years old. Yeah. But they're advertising to the same guy. Yep. And they haven't changed that. And if you go into your Harley dealership, that's what it is. Yep. And anything that deviates from the program, Livewire, mm-hmm. will be cut out. Belt Buell yep. will be cut out. MV Augusta will be cut out. So anything that deviates from the program will be cut out. Yep. So, yeah. Do we, do we have any listener emails? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, pull, I'll find us an email. My God. We, I know we've got some freshies. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a funny thing that we. When I we, feel like this is the grumpy sewer guy bashing episode. Wow! <laughs> I told you we're gonna attack you. When now we were wait a minute! You've been asleep half the time. That's why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we never bashed you. May have dec- decorated right. you, but that's also true. Did we uh, ever get the response? We asked four or five times now whether or not the audience liked. A brown liquor nobody, sewer guy? Nobody said a goddamn thing. Wow. And I gotta tell you, I'm a little I'm a little let down by that. Yeah. I'm a little sad by that. That yeah, yeah. And I, I'm with you. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty You've been waiting on that. That's one. pretty that's, obvious. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. That's they're absolutely right. Uh let's see here. Da, 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 da. Okay, we talked about the DGR requiring a buy-in. Wait, yep, absolutely. We never, ever had anybody, not one of our listeners, not a single (laughs) fucking listener. To say anything about. Has decided that we are better as a professional motorcycle podcast or or, a shit show train off the rails. Right. Yeah. And and look, if we had one, I would tell you. But I mean, I I, I go through these fucking things. Can't find them. Can't find them. Can't find them at all. Do whatever the uh, fuck you want. That's do whatever the fuck you want. Have a good time. That's no. cool. We're we good. got two weeks until my birthday thing, and that's going to be the Bob Marley Fest weekend. Oh, is, everyone, gonna is the... everyone going to have to get super baked? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. You guys would not like me when I'm super baked. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. I mean, I'll be the first to admit yeah, it. I'm man. not super great. Yeah. I'm not super great when I'm stoned. That is just not. Yeah. Sleepy shores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. And that wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm. Yeah. Got the do back. A, do a crackle cast. Yeah. No, we can set it up, man. We'll bring yeah. it up. Spend bring the night, shit. do a crackle cast. Just keep it very chill. Yeah. yeah I, I like that idea. That's pretty good. Sleepy Sewer guy really wants a crackle cast. Yeah, oh, yeah? Yeah. He was pushing for one. But I think if, you know what? Oh, I think we could. Uh, I think right, let's bring right. let's bring some yeah. gear out and then like we'll go, we'll, we'll bring some extension cords and we'll go to the 50 foot bonfire area. Oh yeah, that's it a good idea. It won't be a crackle cast; it'll be a roar. It'll cast. be a roaring fucking fire <laughs> cast. Yeah, yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds pretty fucking good. Everybody and Steve, my it. my firemen don't come when we burn shit down at my house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know yet. <laughs> that's true too. Well, yeah, yeah, you're close to Lagrange. They only have one eye, so they're not very <laughs> astute at seeing things uh. at night. <laughs> <laughs> Those motherfuckers can smell overtime in the air. Yeah, right, that's right, and that's why we had so many people show up at your barn burning. Is like five pol- fire five yeah. fire departments showed up. That was pretty amazing. In like record time, we had the acetylene tank wasn't still burning off when they got there. <laughs> I think purple fire is awesome. Yeah. In in retrospect, I now have a whole new sense of confidence 
in those uh, gas Was that about a $16,000 fire by the time they paid everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have to pay a fine on that? No. You didn't? No, they tried, no, because they didn't say anything about that fire. They said it when Aaron was burning stuff in his backyard, which was still my backyard. Right, right, back then, yeah. And then they sent me a cease and desist letter, and they were to throw me in jail and all this other stuff. And I'm like, it wasn't even my fire. I didn't. Even, and so then the fire chief showed up at my plant. He wouldn't even talk to me. He wouldn't look at me. He wouldn't talk to me. Like, <laughs> you I, get that I, went, I was like chasing around. Dude, it wasn't my fire. Dude. <laughs> I don't own that house. That's somebody <laughs> bought that house for me. It's not you, my house. Look, I'm not officially the fire guy. Steve, Steve. I'm not the fire guy for he's, Oberlin. He's playing Shaggy. Yeah. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't me. me. <laughs> I know you saw me in the bedroom. It yeah, wasn't, wasn't me. me. Uh, okay, so anyway, so the source. that short guy with the blonde hair. Yeah. So you rock the wolf tonight. Oh, yeah. I love that yeah. bike. You rode the Sim Wolf. I wrote it the other I'm kind of jealous. I'm jealous of that bike, man. And how much did you pay for that? Zero. Squat. Squatouche. Yeah, squatouche. Squatouche. <laughs> squatouche. Because a podcast listener that didn't have a title decided that it would be better in your hands than theirs, right? But so I, I'm absolutely... so. It's pretty anyway, cool that it's a Honda now. <laughs> The plate, no, but anyway, no, it's he's a sim. It's, it's a sim. sim. It's a sim. It's got a yeah. sim plate on. Yeah, it's got okay. a sim plate on it because he's got enough sims. He has I a know, sim plate know, to throw around. <laughs> so anyway, he said, "Has anybody got an interest in a seventeen KLR in persimmon red?" So mm-hmm. I, I, I had to look. I, I just wasn't sure because KLR changed their stripes, right? Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't sure if. Uh, KLR 650 from 17 was the new body style or the old body style. I think it's the new. It went, it what, is. 16 or something? It I like the disco colors. So it's the new body style. 80s. Yeah. So the persimmon red uh, KLR 650 is the new body style. Yeah, everybody's Last interested generation. in that. Who would not be So he said in he's got yeah, a... send it in. He's got a KLR 7, a 17 KLR with 7,000 miles. He goes, before I run my numbers to my local dealer, I'm five hours away, but I figured I'd ask anyway. We take and, donations. And well, but the point being, that's a really good bike, and somebody should buy the shit out of it. Yeah, man, it'll run forever. And I've I've had these last generation KLRs. They're really good. Do not do the doohickey. They come pre-doohickeyed. So you're what fine. What the hell's a doohickey? It's the timing advancer. It's a plastic timing advancer that creates problems in the old KLR six fifties. And they had a tendency to break and you replace them with an uh you replace them with an aluminium unit. And they're much more durable. But the K, if you go to the KLR forums, yeah. there are people that will argue your face and stab you if you say that the new ones are fixed. They, I know, they but they're wrong. Think, I, well, I'm just telling you. Yep. They're wrong. Uh, they're wrong. I've sold them. I have had... I had the guy that I sold the KLR 650 to, the new one, he was like, well, yeah, but I want to do the doohickey. I'm like, you can't. They've already done it. Mm-hmm. Like... Look, Kawasaki had 23 years to figure it out. To think about things that they would like to change, and they decided that instead of a sixth gear, which we all would have appreciated, mm-hmm. they fixed the doohickey, hmm. which is not a bad thing, but they did. So, uh, but he, uh, so anyway, he asked about that, and then he says, uh, "What I think is pretty funny." He asked a question about the SSR, uh, and so I've had this. This has been the week of people reminding me of shit I didn't know existed. The Benelli. Jet ski. Right. I did not know that existed. I, I had no idea. But he also asks about a SSR 
SZR800. Say who? I know. And I did not know anything that was called an SZR800. I think he means the SRZ800, which is an electric kid kid's bike. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I got excited. I was like, 800cc SSR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is relevant to my interests. And it turns out, I looked it up. Um, if he transposes the numbers, it's an SRZ800. And it turns out the price, every once in a while, SSR does something that I completely respect. And this is a child's electric motorcycle. It's adorable, but it's called the SRZ 800 because I think it costs $800. I thought it was 800 watts. It might be. 800 watts. It might be. It is. It's 800 watts. Yep, it is. Anyway, but that's what it is. It's 16 miles per hour. It's 800 pounds or 88 pounds. Nine miles. I don't even know. So wait, it's 16 miles an hour. It goes a half an hour. Yeah, half. You're getting a half. You can get a half an hour of full welly. But honestly, this is to plug in and keep the nine year olds entertained while you're, you know, shagging the missus. Have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen? uh, There's a kid right now. uh, The Nitro Circus is actually promoting him. Yeah. I don't know what electric bike he has, but it's like an electric SSR. It's that size. Yeah. It's a little bike. It's a little bike, and this motherfucker's jumping off a CVS roofs on it, and like, I mean, it's fucking crazy. This kid is awesome. And like they show him, he lives in L.A. with those like those those um what do you call them like the drainage ditches and shit. Yeah, the L.A. River. So yeah, they're they're right. setting up they're setting up ramps, and this fucking kid is like twenty Fire feet up. in the air, like landing in these drainage ditches. What? He totally bails. He eats shit, gets up, he just right, gives a thumbs up, jumps back on the bike, and takes really off. he oh, yeah. heal, he heals easily. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's fucking Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I oh man. So he's sending That's it he's e-bike. sending it on the e-bike. No, but it's not even an e-bike. This oh. is like a little dirt bike, man. Oh, really? It's like and this is it, kid is he, it gaseous? Oh, eat shit. No, this dude is like he's like yeah. eight. He's like this okay. young ass right. kid. Well, there you go. Um, I don't know. But yeah, just look it Got up and you'll find it. it. I don't know. I mean, his, his bones are still soft. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean <laughs> that's you where your boners gotten right. soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, this week was one of those weeks where I was like, okay, I'm gonna ferry in as many bikes as I can to the shop. Mm-hmm. So every day, I, every morning, I wake up and I look at the fucking weather forecast. I'm like, okay, if it's over 48 and not raining snow, I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ride in. And so the first bike I brought in, you know, it's a Vespa 150 that just it managed to sneak its way into my garage last year at the end of the season. I knew I wouldn't sell it over the winter. I figured to wait till springtime. And it's a very respectable bike, you know, 2009, 150cc Vespa. And you know what? If you saw one of those on the freeway, you probably wouldn't even be mad. You'd probably be like, look at the balls on that guy. Mm-hmm. 150cc Vespa on the freeway. Even if you knew it had a carburetor and 10-inch wheels, you'd probably be like, that's all right. The guy's living his best life. So that was the first day this week that I rode in. And I kind of proud of myself, pulled in the parking lot. And it, you know what? Needle, needle on the spinometer, touching 70 miles an hour indicated. Well. I know it's not right. But it made me feel pretty good. Yeah, and I was in like I didn't even get in a full tuck sitting up. Was that the day that uh, it was, was like a sixty-five mile an hour wind from the west? No, we were east. cool. Okay, we're all right. We're all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little bonus tailwind. Yeah, yeah. Opened up my jacket. Got a bit of a sail effect. <laughs> all right. So next day, I go out and I'm like, oh. so what I'm doing is I'm riding these bikes in out of my garage right. that I want to have on the showroom floor, and then I'm taking home the Japanese cars because you know you couldn't get in my parking lot last week. Mm-hmm. Too many Japanese cars. And so the other day I rode in the fucking Buddy Psycho. Uh-huh. Okay. The Buddy Psycho is 125 cc's mm-hmm. of anger. 
Like, <laughs> Buddy 125s, straight up. If you want to drink and punch people, you need a Buddy 125. Yeah, definitely. There's nothing that gets you home like a Buddy 125. Oh, yeah. You've made choices. We understand. You're bleeding out of the face, maybe the ass. <laughs> the Buddy 125 will get you home. There is it's your nothing. friend. It is your friend. And and sober as a clam driving yeah. home the fucking thing weaves all over the place anyway. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Oh, I argue. You got to be at least three sheets. The buddy's straight as an arrow. Yeah, right. So Buddy did this thing a few years ago where Buddy did what's called a psycho. And the psycho was the uprated suspension, the uprated brakes, all the uprated stuff, but still the 125 boxer motor this well this 125 cc square stroke motor mm -hmm. and now john anybody who works on buddies will tell you that there's a buddy 125 there's a buddy 150 and there's a buddy 170 mm -hmm. and of all of them the buddy 125 strangely punches above its weight mm -hmm. they all go about the same speed but yep the 125 seems the like the most angriest of them. <laughs> it does. It, 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 you know, they, all, they all do about a 70 mile an hour. Yeah. And they all kind of, you know, yeah. you just feel like you're doing more on the 125. And I can tell you, I can pull a wheelie easier on the 125 than the 150 or the 170. And the fact we're pulling a wheelie on a 125 scooter with 10 inch wheels is... And a CVT. A CVT, exactly. So there's something about the the anger factor. It's lighter. It's just a little more. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's just happier. Of but, all of them, I want a 125. I don't care that it's not fuel injected. Exactly. I don't care. I don't I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. I'm fine with it. So the only thing that made a psycho a psycho was all the upgraded suspension, which considering I'm over 200 pounds and don't present a small cross-section to the planet, um, it feels rigid. Like it feels strong. Whereas most buddies feel a little squishy. Yeah, but is, did they do anything to the frame to keep it from no. going like that? Okay, I it's okay. still happy. It, it still <laughs> makes a it still makes a hook in the middle if you wanted to, right? Yeah. Like you can steer it by pulling the handlebars closer to you. Right. Um, <laughs> long wheelbase, short wheelbase. Yeah. Long wheelbase, yeah. short wheelbase. Oh, here comes a turn. Here <laughs> <laughs> <Where> you go. <laughs> That's it. So, so I rode that thing to the shop the other day on the freeway, mm -hmm. and again. Over 70 buddy distance units, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we don't even say there's speedometer error because it's a fucking buddy speedo. Right. They make no sense. Um, when we did the, <laughs> dude, they don't. When we did the Lake Erie loop, I had a Sharpie in my pocket on the Lake Erie loop and I was uh, on a pink buddy 125 and I spent the entire time well over 10 hours in a full tuck. Mm -hmm. And every time I would put gas in the vehicle, I would use my Sharpie and I would write on the speedo lens how many miles I had, you know, expired. And the bike was a crate bike. It was right out of the crate. And so I would write how many miles I had every time I put gas in it. So I could kind of keep track. And I had a GPS, like a Garmin, that that took care of my speed. Right. And uh, so that trip, I mean, I averaged over 11 hours, 62.7 miles per hour. Wow. It's hard to do. It's yeah. hard to do in a car. Uh, but I did on a buddy, a 125 buddy. So just so anybody knows, if you're if you're not hip, they're solid. Yeah, like they're legit. And John beat me because I had to poop. Uh, but he did. He and beat. I had a pit crew. And <laughs> he had a pit crew. I had to chase his 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 fuel with, chain. His fuel stops. Case, I had enough fuel to get me around the lake. Race fuel. Right. <laughs> and and I didn't. Following me. Right. I, so when I had to stop and get gas, I had a one gallon gas can under my seat. Uh -huh. So when I got, you know, when I got to the point 
where I needed gas, I could put one gallon in right. and then keep going, and then I had to stop at the gas station to get gas. Right. But then coming around the Angola, coming around Angola, um, that's New, New York. York. Yeah, for people who don't know. So that's like a you know Finger Lakes region kind of thing, kind of halfway between uh, Erie and Niagara Falls, right? Yeah. And so that's the stop, and I I couldn't handle it anymore. I had to shit. <laughs> and so, but the problem is, like, it was unusually chilly that morning, so I had put on, like, two pairs of pants. And so pooping, so I, I got off the bike, and I, I threw the, the schnozzle in, and I took my gallon of gas, and I filled up my emergency gallon, and I ran into the bathroom to take a drop of deuce. And I literally no sooner sat down on the toilet than I heard this, and I was like, that can only be a Honda with no mufflers. <laughs> and I knew it was you. I didn't know how your bike got so fucking loud. I, well, I made those stupid mufflers up because I didn't have mufflers and I'm too cheap. So I just took a straight piece of pipe and welded like a Briggs and Stratton muffler at the end of it. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> well, I figured, well, this is mufflers made for an horsepower Briggs and Stratton. I have a total combined 16 horsepower. <laughs> so two of these mufflers would be handle, perfect. And it was good until they fell off. It was good. <laughs> for, like fell. legitimately, it was good for 540 miles. Well, I mean, welded things and right. I thought it welded them pretty yeah. good. But like they just, the yeah. vibration at 10,500. Yeah. It just disintegrates for everything. for ten hours. You found that out when you were riding your SP. Yeah, because right. we were your balls in it. Your whole tail light just disintegrates, and that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. What I do. So when do you think on that six hundred and seventy mile lap of Lake Erie? At what point on that lap did your mufflers leave you? That though. So that cost us about an hour of fucking around. Right. And that was we were into Canada. Yeah. And I had lost one, but I rode for a you while. You just kept going. Yeah. And then it was finally, you know, halfway when we were, we stopped at a res- to get gas in Canada. Yeah. And we fucked around and tore the other one off yeah. and just ran straight headers yeah. and put earplugs in. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Did the pit crew stop and pick up the one they dropped off first? We lost the one. I think yeah. I still have the one at home. Yeah. You, know. you should have put four when he went past on me. It, so it was like. <laughs> I I knew I kind of knew that I was at the I front of the pack. I saw you though. I feel like. And it's so long ago. I right. don't really remember. It's right. like a dream. But well, the 125. I, swear I, I walked by and I, and I was I was going by. Right. I, I just kind. I, I could swear I saw you look and be like. Ah. Oh no! I was at the pump. Yeah. Like you straight like, up. Like you looked and were like. Ah. I was, I was so like, ah. angry. I was never I'm like, angrier. I'm never letting off this. Throttle. I was so pissed <laughs> off. I don't give a fuck. I am. Not I was giving so it one fucking inch. <laughs> I was so pissed off because like Cause you had been leading the entire day. Look. For the, me to pass the you, one, you had to be in front of everybody right. else. The 125 class left a little bit before the 200 class. Ah. So the 125 class got a little bit out of the gate a little sooner than the 200s did. And so very quickly, there was nobody in front of me. Mm-hmm. So it took no time at all for me to be in front of everybody. And it was just me and the camera crew or whatever. And and so I was just never letting off. I just kept the throttle wide open and for so the entire goddamn crew. Yeah. Friends of mine, because this wasn't the first Lake Erie Loop, they did a documentary. There's a I whole, saw it. I yeah, saw it. It's yeah. a pretty good documentary yeah. on the Lake Erie Loop. And I was, by the time I pulled into Eden, Angola, mm. I was like, look, I'm four hours from home. I'm three hours from home. I have to have enough legs. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know my speeds. I got to think I'm doing pretty good. And when I pulled into that gas station, I legitimately, I took a shit. Mm-hmm. And so I took a shit and I, I came out to the pumps and I was wrapping stuff up. And that was when John went by. 
And when John went by, I'm standing fully full camouflage, whatever, and I'm standing next to a pink Barbie scooter, mm-hmm. and John goes by. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. And I did everything I could. The last 10 miles of the race were construction. So like the last legitimate part of the race was all like gravel road barrels. Like it was awful. It was fucking terrible. And I was just like, I'm going to pass people on the left. I'm going to pass people in the berm. I'm going to do anything I can to reel him in. And there was no reeling him in at all. There's, I couldn't possibly pull you back in. And yeah, I mean, however like much said, time there once was. Once I saw you, yeah. I knew I was in front. Yes. And, and we had just refilled with gas because yeah. I was refilling with gas where right. like, I didn't get off the bike. After we took the muffler off, right. I don't think I got off the bike. No, I don't think you did. Because I just pulled over yeah. and my brother would run up and, and I gas shut it, it off and right. he would fill me up and I would Because I thought you'd be on the bike riding well, and he'd and just between, hand you the can. No. <laughs> and between New York. The big arm comes out of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And between New York and oh, Welland, like hose with an umbrella. Yeah. Like, Shh. yeah. And between New York and Welland, I had to stop and put my ah, gallon it's good. in. Yeah, it's good. So I had to physically stop the bike and put my gallon in under the seat. Well, what's a buddy holds? Like what? One point seven gallon, or, right? one, or one, one gallon? One gallon. Yeah. So I had That's to fair stop. Enough, a CB two hundred only holds maybe two gallons. Two point six. Yeah. Two point six. I had to put my gallon in, and then I had to stop and get gas. Mm-hmm. So I used my gallon under the seat. And then by the time I got to like the east side of Cleveland, I had to stop and actually stop at a gas station and put my gallon in. I blew, I blew my brothers away. Yeah. Because like, they couldn't keep up. With they me. couldn't keep up. Because in the traffic? 480 traffic. Yeah. And I was doing And you were just sliding through it. I was getting 80 oh, out of the bike. Man. Once you got in the traffic, yeah. there was a little bit of less wind resistance. Yeah. And I was bouncing. I was playing pinball off of every fucking car. I'd run right up to their bumper. Yep. Slide in, sheer up to this car and catch this car as it was passing me. And I was just fucking, "Ah." are they going to do it this year? Yes, they always do it. Yeah, they haven't actually, yeah, because COVID two years and because you can't go into Canada, Canada. you can't go into Canada. Bruce has they've come up with a a, a Ohio only, a modified Ohio. Wow, so if anybody's interested, go to Lake Erie Loop. Is it still the first weekend in June? I think he said the twelfth. Oh, okay. June twelfth. Yeah, June twelfth. All that? right. Huh. Second weekend of June. Hmm. Yeah. So if anybody's interested, right. I've been giving it some consideration. Are they doing it back to Canada? No. Oh. It's going to be an Ohio only. A okay. Big loop of Ohio. All right. All so right. You start. I think they're still going to start at not Panther Trails, but right. Claremore Lakes Campground. Yep. Claremore. Yep. Launch at six o'clock. Yep. And they're, they're going to do a curse of Ohio. <laughs> and then they're going to dot the I. Well, that, that's what's weird about it because you're not really supposed to have a, a route. Right. Because yeah. normally it's just the idea you is go around the lake. Go around the lake. Yeah. You want. yeah. But since it's not going around the lake, it's going around Ohio. He has, you know, he has a rough a, a course. That I did enjoy the idea of having to cross the border into and out of Canada. Yeah. And I liked that because strategy. Borders are weird. Yeah, you got to pick a good one. And getting in and out of the border and, and, and maximizing your time, optimizing your time getting in and out of the border. Not getting searched. Not getting searched. Like, there's a lot of shit about getting in and out of a border. And not stopping where you need to stop. Well, and <laughs> my trick with the border was, when I, as soon as I ran into the cars that were all stationary, because that's what happens at the border. Right. So when we were going across the uh, Ambassador Bridge through Detroit. Yeah. The Ambassador Bridge had quite a long lineup. And so what I decided to do was I shut my bike off and I started pushing it like a pedestrian. 
And I went over to the walkway and I walked in front of a hundred cars and I pushed my bike. And when I got up there, the guy was like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, the line's so long. I ran out of gas. And I was like, so now I got to get over the fucking bridge and get to a gas station over there so I can get gas in Canada. And the guy was like, Oh man, you know, I'm sorry for you. Poor, pathetic fucking homosexual on your pink, pink, scooter, pink buddy Camaro. scooter with your fucking combat pants. You're a confused <laughs> child, aren't you? You have no idea. And I just look at him and say PTSD, and they let me go. Yeah. So, But I did. I, I showed him my passport and the whole deal, and I said, well, I'm doing a, a thing for charity, which is our rap. You know, I was doing a thing for charity. How, did you ever get money? I got money from the, the fucking toll guards before. What? The guy, <laughs> the, the one time I was going there, I'm like, it's living camps, burn children. We do this thing. He's like, here. The toll guard gave you money? He gave me money. Yeah, it's probably 10 cars that were before you. He's like, some fell through the grate. What yeah, can I, I say? He hey. gave you money. That's hilarious. Well, the, the customs guy. Yeah. Well, oh, that's amazing. No, the guy was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, dude, go. So I like I proceeded to pers- you know, push the bike another 12 feet. Right. And then I jumped on the seat, hit the button, and went and hauled ass. <laughs> past 100 cars <laughs> that way. What are they going to do? Yeah, right. You're like, ha I'm in America. Right. <laughs> and that time I was, ha-ha, I'm Can- 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 Canada, huh? Canuck. But, and I, then when I got to the American side, and it was the same Fort Erie thing, and it was a giant fucking gaggle fuck of cars, then I just, I did what Oscar told us to do when we were in Tijuana which was to go right up the middle. Mm-hmm. Just blast right up the middle with all the cars there. Just go hell-bent for leather right up the middle. And then, like, one car away, dip in. And so I did. That doesn't make anybody I mad. went past 100 fucking cars. Yeah. What are they going to do? Are they going to get out of the car and show their ass Fuck. in the sight of customs? Right. Like, I don't care how raging you are. I don't care how pissed off but you are. customs be like, okay, that's cool? Or they can, can they tell you, like, fuck you, go to the end they're of the They're only line. looking at the car they're dealing with. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So I dipped in, like, one car away from the, the yeah. dead zone. And I dipped in one car away from mm-hmm. the dead zone. And I went through, and they're like, citizenship, American. Where are you coming from? America. Yeah. Where were you? Canada. Mm-hmm. For how long? Four hours? Yeah. How long are you going to be here? As little as possible. Right. <laughs> How long are you going to be in Canada? Not very long. Not very long. Not very long. We're going to be getting just, through Canada very quickly. Through. And I love that. So I love that part of the Lake Erie Loop was that whole going into a different country. Well, it will be that yeah. when yeah. it's able to be that. Yeah, I thought that was so much fun. The idea of you know kind of rolling into another country and kind of dealing with that a little bit. And poor Stefan, who did the entire thing on a 50cc bike <laughs> and didn't have the pleasure of just staying on the QEW. Because I know John and I, we just stayed on the QEW. Yeah. Stefan went through like all these little villages and hamlets and shit where they still speak Scottish I mean, and stuff. Is the slow lane of 75 miles. Just yeah. trying to, get, if you pull over and trying to get back into traffic, uh-huh. you've got to wick it up and get yeah. up to 60, 70 before you right. even try to get back on. I was straight up, I was holding a draft. Uh-huh. As long as I could hold a draft, because right. a draft on a buddy will suck you up to about 70 miles an hour, and then you'll lose the draft. Dude, I was doing, when we were down in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains, John would get me in front of me, and I'd draft, yeah. and I was straight up the fastest Indian. I was laying <laughs> with my feet. I put on the back turn signals, like straight out, and I just lay with my head like this straight forward just to get that extra four miles an hour to go up the hill. That was fun. It's a little bit of a difference. I was doing it with Nick, and you know, yeah. like... 
I would wait till he, you could just tell he was bogging out, and then I try to pass him to try to suck him yep. along a little bit. And he's like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're sucking him I'm along, right? Suck him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Davidson just sent us a message because he knows we record the podcast at this time. He says, <laughs> I love this. Did you actually change the hotline number, or was that just a ploy to get people to quit sending new messages that were not on Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> We're not that smart. Matt, thank you. We're not that smart. Uh, Matt, we did, in fact, change the hotline number. So if you need the new number, I'll go ahead and send it to you. Um, Likewise, if there's any other Patreons uh, that do not have the new, if you're at the party line level and you do not have the new new podcast secret number, the bat phone number, um, reach out to us and I will make sure that you get the new number. I'm sorry we had to change the number, but legitimately... We had to change the yeah, number. Yeah. Um, we had gotten hacked. So I had to change the number because I was getting no shit 25 to 30 messages a day of like penises. Yep. And at first I thought they were podcast listeners. And then we realized it was the misfits. What do you get when you got five fat old white guys doing a podcast? Two hours and 45 minutes. Two, over 2.45? That's pretty fair. I think that's value for money. That is value. I feel like that's value for money. Who's hogging all the pepperoni down there? We are. Oh, man, check it out. Pass that party platter down there. So, so uh, Adam, the guy that gave me the sim, yeah, was texting me this weekend. He was asking, should I trade my KLR for a, a V-Stron? Ooh. Oh, my God. That's Sophie's choice. Yeah. Holy shit, we could do a whole podcast just on that. Yeah, so I... I is it how fu- soon does he need to know? Is it a fuel-injected well, V-Strom? He, he just sent me a picture. Yeah, I, yeah. And yeah. it's fuel-injected. Yeah. And evidently, it's a V-Strom, so his KLR is gone, and he has a V-Strom. Fuck yeah, dude. Okay, podcast over. Fair in enough. Little, in my little intermission, yeah. I went over and looked at the V-Strom. Yeah. And you know, seems like a comfortable bike. It is a comfortable it bike. It is. bigger. Yeah. More wind protection. I was comparing yep. kind, of, kind of my Versys, not even my KLR. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. The Versys is better. So I've done a lot of miles on a V-Strom 650, and I've done a lot of miles on a Versys 650. Yeah. And what I can happily tell you is out of the out of the blocks, for sheer asshole, smiling face silliness, the Versys is your man. The okay. Versys has got your back. If you want to have wheelies, if you want to do silly shit, the Versus is amazing. The V-Strom is an SV650 mm-hmm. on stilts. So it does everything an SV60 does <coughs> with a slightly longer frame and a slightly taller frame. I do believe that the SV650 motor is hard of gold. I don't think you can do anything wrong with a V-Strom 650 motor. That being said... If I'm going 75 miles an hour on a Versys and I crack it, it just fucking launches. And if I'm doing 75 miles an hour on a Versys and I crack it, it doesn't just launch. You mean V-Strom. Thank you. Yeah. V-Strom. Thank you. So that is the difference. And that is my personal take having put probably too many miles on both of those bikes. I think that the Versys 650 has the Kawasaki factor. Yeah, and but the I, I Kawasaki mean, factor is a giant grin ear to ear. They had a straight line test track is what they tested. Yeah. Kawasaki air, air, aircraft. They had uh, airstrip. Yeah. Kawasaki 
tends to build motorcycles just a little bit spicier than they need to be. Yeah. Kawasaki tends to go. I, I chalk it up to lumpy cams because yeah, you're, that's a good they're point. They're lumpy cams because a yep. Kawasaki doesn't like the lug. No, a six fifty like they don't uh-huh. like to take it down to a thousand. And you're right, the V-Strom does like the lug. The V-Strom lumpy cams. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? Following mm. Mike, Mike's Mike's a big V-Strom guy. In yep. fact, he keeps asking about how much you want for this one and all this. So you know, he's got yeah. he's got ideas. I'm in. But yeah. um, following him around. He could rip the fuck out of that fucking V-strop. Yeah. Like, I mean, like on 666 or these other yeah. roads. And and he didn't lean. Like, the bike just, it was fucking weird, man. Like, <laughs> it just threw everything. Mar- so, uh, Dr. Waters uh, and myself, we've been through a few SV650s. Mm-hmm. And I will, hand to God, I will say that if you are interested in maybe going out and doing a track day, or maybe going out and you know doing some on track spirited riding spirited riding yeah. maybe a a training session or two sure the SV650 is hard of gold like mm-hmm. the SV650 is my favorite because it has the combination of the V twin torquefication mm-hmm. but also can spin out like it can rev out mm-hmm. and so i've always thought that like the SV650 was like that perfect balance point and you know it's weird when you see track bikes you go yeah. to the track or something like that you look and you won't even notice them because they have so much body work <laughs> like seriously aerotech makes they look like gsxrs they got fucking pointy tails and fucking all the snozzles and everything else like the sv650s are laid out when they have track bikes but right and the yeah. other thing is it's the most affordable track bike that you can do i mean running right. it is nothing and yeah. I mean, like you can find them for two thousand bucks, track ready on fucking the marketplace and oh, yeah. shit like that. Absolutely, like yeah, yeah. I think uh, I'll get even more happy. I'll get happier with my Versys once I put a little bigger windshield on it, right? And I might consider a different seat, just because yeah. it's yeah. already a really comfortable seat. But I think anything more comfortable than that would be perfect. If um, you look up right now, race ready turnkey track day SV650 package, yeah, second gen, twenty two fifty. Yeah, I told you. Like two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars for a bike that has a build sheet that looks like the space shuttle. I mean, somebody's look. I told you, GSXR bodywork. Of course, yeah. GSXR internals in the shock. Yeah. GSXR seven fifty shock. How much Patreon money do you have? I exactly just buy a fucking just buy a Versys just for the. I'm sorry, buy an SV six fifty. We Patreon members want to know. No, I'm going to assure you, if you don't know, if you are ever given the opportunity of buying an SV650 sport bike, and you've never owned a sport bike before, I would argue that an SV650 should be everybody's first sport bike. Because it is grunty enough that it'll move you or me along, no problem. It will give you a wheelie in first or second gear, no problem. It's completely predictable. When you crash it, you can just buy a new one. When you can, when you crash it, <laughs> exactly. I've seen people spend more money on Christmas trees than SV650s. <laughs> right. It's a an amazing bike. But for what John's saying is, if we said Versys 650, V-Strom 650, KLR 650, shit, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah, but they're all that's faster right. than our Africa Twins. That's where I'm, <laughs> I'm almost at a point where my Versys is making my KLR redundant. I know. I know. And the bike that we all asked for, which was the KLR, the KLR Versys. So you take a KLR and just put a Versys motor in the middle of it. Yeah. Ah, damn it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
I just don't know because I know everybody said Kawasaki needs to take the KLR650, take that bullshit single-cylinder 650 lump out of it, and drop the Versys twin into it. There's a guy, an adventure rider. Yeah. Um, he's been making, I think he's on generation six of it now. Yeah. He takes like a Versys swing arm, the motor, uh, some other shocks, I mean, or some other forks. He, I think he builds the frame himself. But it's like a gravel grinder. He calls it like the XB648 something, whatever. What? Oh, yeah. But he makes these things, and it's basically exactly what you're talking about. He has like dirt bike front forks on it. He uh, puts a much bigger rear shock, so like the front and back have like 10 inches of travel. And then he has that Versys motor in it and all this shit. And he puts like 45,000 fucking miles on these yeah. things. Yeah, like, well, because you can. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, that's... And, and he sells them after he beats the fuck out of them. People line up to buy the things off of them. Then he builds a newer, like, cooler version of, like, you know, like, he figures out what would work better. <laughs> but, the, but it's not hacked. Like, the dude right. is, like, an actual, like, real yeah. builder. And this shit is cool, man. It's and really I, yeah. my, my thing with the KLR is that it, it can go off-road. Right. And it's not bad. And maybe... It, with better tires on mine, I'd feel happier. Yeah. But it's still a pig. It's too big. It's not really that fun to take off-road, off-road. Yeah. Where, like, uh, what I want is, like, a Ninja 400 yeah. adventure bike. Like, yeah. And they have yeah. a baby Versys, but it's based. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a it's 300. Not the same thing. Yeah, it's I not want, the same. I want a 400 twin that will yeah. scream in, yeah. like, a dirt bike frame. Like, that would be I have ridden. I have ridden the uh, Honda 650. The XR650L. I've ridden the DR650 and I've ridden the Versys. I'm sorry, the KLR650. All off road enough to tell you but, that they are all virtually the same experience. Yeah. And throw yeah. the D, now throw all four of those yep. up against the DRZ400. So a DRZ400S. So the supermoto? No, just the just a regular dirt bike. Oh, okay. You know, just a regular dirt bike. Not not the S or oh, SM. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. SM. sorry, sorry. Uh, that's different because. Whereas I could take the Honda 650 and the DR650 and the Kawasaki KLR650 and I could easily ride them from here to Chicago because I have yeah. on the freeway. Yeah, you're not doing that on Honestly, I rode the KLR back from Alaska. No problem. The DRZ can't do that. Oh. It, it cannot fucking do it. As much as I love them and I think they're great, there's no way I'm riding a DRZ back from Alaska. You'd be numb. But the KLR, I rode back from Alaska and was like, that was the best Honestly, it's amazing. It's well, fantastic. That's why people travel the world on them. And off-road and garbage bullshit. Like, people that can come down and be like, oh, a KLR off-road is nowhere near as good as a DR. <sighs> that's just you. I mean, that mm. literally is you. That's that's you personally. I think that just might be rider one versus rider two. Sure. I think, yeah. Because they're kind I of the same thing. tires on yeah. mine, because it's, right now, it's deadly and anything slippery. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? A lot of times. You got trail wings? When people. Oh, I got the Kendas. With <clears throat> yeah, the Kendas. The, the cross blocks. The same thing that you have on the, that. That, that Gucci. Yeah. Those things are fucking deadly. But do you ever notice yeah. that when they do bike comparisons, they don't do that and they don't put the same tires on the right. bikes? And it that alone. Great. It was great down in North Carolina on hard On hard, hard pack. Hard pack. Yeah. I on hard pack. I didn't have a problem. Yeah, lean over as far as you want to lean it. But yeah. don't go in the mud. And if there's a quick gravel corner where yeah. you can, you know, slip Play by a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed the whole podcast where you guys talked about that, and I hope that was fun for everybody, but. Yeah, it was, we, it was pretty factual. Yeah, honestly, look, Have people watched the video. What kind of? I mean, like, because I really I think so. The video was amazing. Yeah, I was think fun. the video was great. Was so yeah, it yeah, was, it was very, very cool. I mean, epically cool. It was fun, man. That was a good fucking weekend. It was. A, you guys made me angry 
Well, I you had the opportunity. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I know. Trust me. I know. I didn't. Hey, Steve. I know. You're paying for that right now. I know. I. How busy was I while you were gone? You were fucking busy, man. Right. I know. Renee handed him like 24 sheets. Yeah. I was like, build these bikes. Phil sold last week. Yeah. That was it. When you're done with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You start on these 37 that need prepped. And it's we're tomorrow's going to be fun because if tomorrow's weather's right, it's going to be hilarious because I think Steve and I tomorrow are going to ride 14 TNT 135s. Oh, nice. To the warehouse. Two bikes at a time. Yeah. So it's going to be like... Then you're walking back. No, sure, sure. no, no, no. We're riding your bikes back. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Imagine that. So we're going to ride... Steve, Aleve is your friend. Oh, I know. So dude. we're going to ride <laughs> We're going to ride TNTs one way yeah. and giant cruiser bikes back the other way yeah. because the only bikes still at the warehouse are giant cruiser bikes. Dude, can I say... Yeah. So, so, you know, I've been corporate guy sitting at a desk, moving a mouse around, making videos and stuff. <laughs> Came in, yeah, I was here at 10.30, worked till like 7 yesterday. So yeah. it was like 10.30 to 7, whatever. Got home at 7.45, gave my daughter a hug, and, you know, did some sat down. I sat on the couch, Passed and then Amy out. was like, wake the fuck up, you haven't do shit yet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm fucking I'm tired. Leave me alone. Yeah. It's the cobbler's shoes. You wonder why when you're a motorcycle mechanic, your bikes never get worked on. Yeah, right? yeah. Because by yeah. the time you come home, you don't feel like yeah, it's, no. it's a lot. No, it's a, it's a funny thing for people that don't do this, but, I mean... The time goes by really fast. Oh, it does. The time goes by super fast. And you lose a lot of blood. Yeah. Because all yep. every every one of these fucking manufacturers is like, you know what would be really good in this battery compartment? A sharp edge. <laughs> That's exactly what this bike needs. I swear to God, some of these manufacturers are like, hey, we've got some extra razor blades. Yeah. Let's Where are we going to put them? Inside the battery Mount compartment. Yeah. There. And yeah. make sure that you tuck the cable behind the razor blade. Right. So that when you go to get the cable, right. you have to cut yourself. And how many positive terminals? <laughs> Multiple. How many positive cables should you have? <laughs> one. No, 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 no. At least one plus. But before, but yeah. wait, but when you send it, yeah. take the second one and then pull it down. Hide it. Behind yes. the if wheel. If you could possibly hide as much of the wiring harness yeah. as possible, that'd yeah. be great. Right. Yeah, so for people that don't, for people who don't prep brand new motorcycles, it can be weird. Good, John. What's that thing stuck to the side of the table? It's there? just a, a really bright light. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. I told you it was a really bright light. Yeah. You've been drinking tonight, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why I've got you pulled over? <laughs> That's exactly. It. It's well, probably license and registration. Out of my trunk. License yeah. and registration, buddy. So I think that's it. I feel like that was a fair podcast. Yeah. Um, remember, if we can give you only one thing uh, beyond sign up to be a Patreon, you get a bad phone number. You can contribute to this horse shit. Remember, um, once you get past the smell, you've got it licked. Hey! <laughs> and, for the fourth month in a row. And sign up for your local DGR, uh, gentlemansride.com. Sign up for your local. If you don't have a local, create one. Here in um, Cleveland, it's going to be small bikes. I'm fucking looking forward to it. You guys... Seriously, I am so looking forward to our DGR mm-hmm. because our DGR is all about small. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is all about if your motorcycle got beat up in high school, <laughs> bring it on. You're killing me, Smalls. If your motorcycle played piccolo and band, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should all wear small clothes, too, so that all the... <laughs> if, your motorcycle, <laughs> if your motorcycle was ever accused of being an Oompa Loompa, Bring it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If your motorcycle has a, oh. like a, a fear of being parked next to bigger motorcycles, bring it on. No, dude, that's what you got to yeah. do. 
So like, so if you're riding the verses, no, no. Listen, so if you're riding a small bike, you got to yeah. dress like David Burns from fucking oh, uh, giant, giant, clothes. giant clothes. But if, like you're, if you're if you're showing up on a Harley, yeah. right? Then you got to wear yeah. three sizes too small. Pee-wee That's Herman. where you're coming. Yeah, you're just. Uh, yeah. I've had so many people asking. Look, man, it's very simple. Do not ask me anything. Right. Go to com. If you don't go to gentlemansride.com, Dot com, I can't give you any more information. Register. Once you've registered, then you will be able to unlock. We're not charging you money to be a part of this. We don't care if you raise shekel fucking one. I don't care if you got no copex in your account. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. We're here to have a good time. Okay. If you raise funds, that's great. This, this city, Cleveland, all of us sitting at the table and our friends, we've raised over $100,000 for this charity. Mm-hmm. I feel like we can slide one past the goalie at this point. We all have prostates, too. We all do. Thank you. That's exactly right. I like having my, my massage. We should, we should like check each other for something to make sure they're down. okay. Settle down over there. <laughs> they say a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> well... <laughs> It's through his asshole. Two hours and fifty-five minutes. Press the red button, Steve.